whenever you need sports. Sports conference. Tune in to the nosebleed seats. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. Join Zach Wolchuk, Zach Babb, and Eric Giafalo as they take you through the top stories of the week and beyond. I don't know who the hell that is. It's time for the nosebleed seats. There's not much that gets me more fired up. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats, the show everyone can afford to listen to. I'm your host, Zach Wolchuk, alongside my co-host, Eric Chiafalo, and our producer, the great Zach Babb. Far away Babb today, man. It's like, a, it's like, is he even here? Is Babb even here? We've got a weird setup, episode number 14, and we're kind of rigging this baby a different way. We had our board conk out on us. We wanted to get you a show a couple of nights ago. We come into the studios, things aren't working. It was embarrassing because we had the great Dr. John Michaels set to come on the show. We teased his guest appearance at the end of episode 13, the former Green Bay Packer and Philadelphia Eagle offensive tackle, former Super Bowl champion. He was ready to come on the nosebleed seats and bear all. But unfortunately, we had to reschedule with him. He's got an event for his daughter tonight, wasn't able to come on board with us, but we've still got a jam-packed show. We're going to start off with a little bit of personal stuff to intro the show. Then we're going to slide right into previewing UFC 211 because it is in Dallas at the American Airlines Center this weekend. We will then shift into a really awesome quarterback catalog by a man that Eric is a big fan of that he'll really just share his praises, sing this man's praises when we get to it. And then we're going to unleash, of course, let's get weird with Walchuk, but a new segment that we're calling Quick Puck. I like the sound of that. Quick Puck. Flying V! Yeah. Just a little tease. Just a little tease. Uh, just a tip, you know, just to see how it feels. But it's time that we initiated a little bit of hockey talk. But we know hockey's not beloved by everybody. And we've gotten some people that are like, why are you talking hockey? This is a no-split seats quickie, baby. And if there's a time to talk hockey, it's now. It's the heart of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we will wrap with the Guardians of the Galaxy review. I saw it. And we're also going to answer the question, is there a comparable sexy male duo to Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Zach Efron? No way. Mm, I don't know, my friend. I found some good names. Stop it. But, Eric, I think we've really got to start. You are frazzled. You are in a state that I've never seen you in, my I'm friend. not myself today, truly, Walchick. I'm not myself. What in the world is going on? Because, dude, you you have me in knots, and I feel I like I might need to vomit. Okay, well, that's how I've felt for the last 12 to 24 hours. Talk to me. It's okay. a safe space. I know. This is a safe space, and I need to get this off my chest, and I'm being 100% serious here. This is... This is, I, I, I cannot physically do the show. I hate to be self-involved like this, but I physically cannot do the show without getting this off my chest. And I may need a little bit of advice, encouragement. I don't know, maybe just a hug and a hand pound. Welcome to the first ever Nosebleed Seats Therapy Session with Bab and Chuck. All right, man. So I'm entering, I'm entering this safe space right now and I'm going to, I'm going to let my guard down. So obviously, Walchuk, you work for the great 105.3 The Fan. Yes, Carol DFM. CBS Radio Dallas. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Beautiful company. And uh, I'm a big fan. Well, most of you know, a lot of you know, I'm trying to get the internship, the single, the one and only internship available at 105.3 The Fan for the summer. I'm trying to land that spot. So I've been going through the process, some interviews. I've been talking to people. I've been meeting people. I've been kissing some booty. And I've been just really doing everything I can to get this. I'm, I want it really more than anything, right? Mm-hmm. So it means a lot to me. And... Uh, so it's been a couple of weeks now, 
and I haven't heard from him. I'm waiting to hear him back. And then yesterday I get a call. It's a 214 area code, Dallas. So I'm like, okay, I answer the phone. And it's two, it's two guys, and they have these New York accents. And they I forget what I forget what their names were, but they claimed to be so-and-so from CBS radio, like like law, like uh almost like the the heavy hitters at CBS. And it's part of the like I was down to the final three interns candidates. And this was like the, one of the final steps. They just needed to like question you about some stuff. Names. Do you have names? I cannot remember their names. Okay. Or what they called themselves. This is bizarre. Okay. So, and they and they had these New York accents. And they're like being like almost funny and chummy like it's a clown show it a little bit. It didn't sound like Ben and Skin doing a prank. So listen to me. They're, they're going into this and they're talking to me. They're telling me how important this is. But they're like goofing around and talking about my last name. And they, they sounded Italian and they sounded Northeastern. So I'm like, okay, but I'm nervous and I'm trying to be funny and... They asked me some questions. They asked me something, and then, like, I answer it trying to be funny, you know, lighten the mood, and they, like, immediately are like, whoa, 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 hey, this is, this is, like, this is not the Eric Chiafalo comedy show right now. We, like, this is actually important, and you need to, like, be serious. And I was like, whoa, okay, like, I'm super sorry. Like, they were given, they were given this vibe, Walchick, that, like, it was just, it was kind of, like, it was, they were just being funny, dude. I didn't, I don't know. But at the same time, then, as soon as they said that, I was like, oh my God, I'm screwed. And so I just like freaked out and like almost like I just had almost an anxiety attack. And I'm sitting there on the phone like, wow, I just already botched this. And they go through and they ask me all these questions and I can tell they're being like ridiculous, but I don't know how to answer these questions because they're ridiculous questions and I can't answer them unless I'm funny, but they told me not to be funny. What so now I'm just questions? being awkward. It's like, uh, can you do such and such? Like Sean, Sean Sharif needs his paper cut in a particular way and he's got really small hands and such and such and that's when i said yeah you know as long as i don't have to touch his hands that, that's no problem dude and they is, freaked out this is a and they asked me all this stuff right so i'm going through and i'm like man i really screwed this up and then there's um, no way this is real okay so then there's no way this is real i'm telling you they they they, they told me how bad i was throughout the whole thing and like you've I did not feel good to, about it. And you're sure this wasn't a Ben and Skin prank? And then and no. you got the internship, and they're pre-pranking you. Okay, so and they're gonna play this. That's exactly because this is what that sounds no, like. No, and that's exactly what it ended up being. Ben and Skin. At the end, they say, "Oh my gosh, we're it's the Ben and Skin show. We're pulling this prank. All this stuff. Tim Collins should be calling you soon. All this stuff, right?" And then I have not heard from Tim Collins at all. I was supposed to get a phone call yesterday, never got it. I was waiting for the phone call today, never got it. He prefaced the whole phone call in the beginning, at least when they were doing their little bit of saying that I was down to the last three and how important this was. And I'm like, dude, I may have just totally screwed this up, like for real, for real. And okay, they said this is the Ben and Skin show at the end. And yes, it's a prank. Yes, they said it was Did the it Ben and Skin like show. Ben and Skin. No, it was de- it was definitely them. I know how they sound, and they were like all this stuff, and they were like, hopefully this bodes well for you. But like it just it was left open ended, and then I have not heard from them. I haven't heard from what? any one of them. Dude, come on! What are you freaking out about? I'm on eggshells, dude. Why? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Why are you on eggshells? You want me to text KT and say, "Hey, did y'all prank my boy Chi?" Dude, I think they pranked all three of us and are like in like trying to figure <laughs> out who had who came across as the best or something. I don't know, but I I think I did garbage. Oh, man, I swung and I missed. Was it not funny? I don't know. It, I like it was funny to me now, but like now that I know that they were pranking me, but I don't know. I probably came across just like a dumbass. It's part of my French. 
But I'm serious, man, and I've been freaking out now. So, so right? listen, after the thing, so immediately after friend. the phone call, I felt pretty good, and then I kept thinking about it and thinking about it, and then he never called, and I was like, okay, maybe Dude. I'm, I don't know. And then today I was like, okay, it's Friday, maybe he's waiting the next day, and then he's going to call me. And now it's 6.30 on Friday, and I have not received a phone call. And now I'm like kind of freaking out. Like, I don't know, dude. I don't think I haven't should. gotten an email or a phone call. And I'm like, man, did they do this? Out. Did they do three little pranks to three of their favorite That's candidates? That's a lot of effort, dude. You don't understand. That's fair. That's a lot of effort. What time was this? What time of day? This was this was not long before their show. Okay. This was at like two or so th- they were two thirty in the afternoon. Show, and they've got to get on and mix right around two forty. So unless you were just the last one, they got their super yeah, early, that, and, and that's where I got intern. These three interns. So in one in one instance, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. I was just talking on the phone with Ben and Skin, but then at the same time, I'm like, I just think like, if they do end up playing that back, or if we do end up getting a chance to hear the audio of that, I I, I don't know. In, when you went in and you sat at the show, you sat in pre-show. You had a day where you visited with Ben and Skin, right? Yes, I did. Was actually. it chill? Did it go well? Did they? Yeah, seem it was to mad like chill. No, it was like it was just a bunch of dudes being guys, and Bro, it felt I right. I think you're fine. I wouldn't be worried about it. First off, Tim isn't going to leave you high and dry. He's going to get back to you, yes or no. Well, I, I okay, that okay, that's fine. He's going to get back to me, yes but or no. I but I feel like if it was yes, about. he would have given me a call back a couple hours later after I just got my, pranked. Or the next day, which is now come and gone. And now I head into the weekend where I know he's not going to waste his time and call me on a Saturday or a Sunday. Did you swear? No, I didn't swear. Did you say anything really inappropriate? Not really inappropriate. I said the word eyeballs at one point. <laughs> okay, that's not inappropriate. No, but he questioned me on why I said balls. And this was after he told that's me not to be funny. Ben and Skin thing. Balls. And, and this was and this was after he told me not to be funny. So I'm like, I don't I don't honestly I don't even know why I said Stop it. Stop stressing. I'm freaking out. Stop. Stop. Take a deep freaking breath. I'm sick. S- take a sip of water. It's gonna be fine. Dude, I have I've barely eaten all day. I ordered four tacos. I only ate three. That never happens. Where's the other taco? It's on my counter waiting for me to get hungry again. Why didn't you bring it? I'd have eaten it now. I know that, but I'm probably gonna get hungry, hopefully. Hopefully. I, I needed this I needed this therapy. So you honestly, you're dead serious. Yes. You don't think this is a big deal? No. Because I'm now waiting into the weekend. Now I might I'm I mean, until Monday I'm gonna be feeling a little I bit would worried, say man. I am seventy five percent sure that you're the only one that they even called. And, and now, I'll, and I'll now, what? You, they're just sit, having me sit on ice into yeah, Mother's Day weekend. Much. Maybe Tim wasn't in today. I don't know. I, I mean, was he not in yesterday? He said, I've, "Hopefully, Tim gives you a call." He and said, the, the thing was, is in the beginning, in the beginning of the thing, he was just talking about how there was three spots left and how they're like, it wasn't really sure. And hopefully, you get it. And they reiterated how there was only one available spot, so it was a really tough thing. I don't know. They could easily be pranking me, and this is the best prank they have ever done because they put me through hell. For coming on four days now. Well, as long as they that. stretch this out. Because when they play this on air and you're interning for them, they're going to have you on to talk about it and you can tell them how sick and oh just my God. you I, were. Literally, when I tell you dead serious, I have been stressing all day long, Waljik. And I do feel a little bit better now. now. I, tell, I needed I to get it off my chest. You looked like you were crying. I, Your I th- eyes were watering. Yes, I'm you dead serious. Like you were very on edge. And then you told me you're having anxiety. Yeah, and I, no, I was myself, not myself. Who did you knock up? Yeah, well, that would have been worse. Yes, that would have been way worse. But nah, dude, I don't think you. I don't know for sure. I have no ins. I haven't spoke to anybody there. A part of me feels like it would be somewhat inappropriate if I did. They would approach me because obviously they know we do a show together. So if they want my opinion, they'll come and ask me for it. But I feel like you're a chill dude. Dude, they I'm mad chill. They you. know that. I think you probably killed your interview. 
I think I just fine. hope I didn't kill that freaking phone way. thing, bro. Worst case scenario. Gosh dang. Don't get. Oh, worst it's case final scenario. Three, okay. And maybe they did call the other people, but who's to say you still weren't better than the other two? Oh, we'll, dude. We'll find those guys out. would have had to have just been mute. They forgot how to speak. That's what happened to those guys if Was they did better bad? than me. I just. I, I mean, you know, I don't know, man. I, you got to go back and listen to it because I didn't know the whole time I'm going through this thing. I'm thinking this is like some legit. It's like it feels legit. It was the weirdest thing ever because it felt legit. But at the same time, it's like they're clearly messing with me. And that's why I had that's why I felt comfortable to crack that Sean Sharif joke because they were so like loose. But then they like immediately clamped down well, were and were like, rude? tell me how was serious it, it was. No, no, it was, it was obviously yeah, well, they're light. Yeah, do that to keep putting the pressure on you. That's part of the bit. Well, it worked. Yeah, well, it clearly worked. God, should be smarter dang than it. That. I aged, I'm, I'm eight, well, I've aged five get, years in two days. They've got to get more creative. First of all, last summer, the huge wieners bit that they did, the prank that they did on Jeremy, who in my phone is Jeremy Huge Wieners, <laughs> was hilarious and maybe the best prank that they've ever done. So they've got to find a way to re-up it. And people now, especially the one intern for Ben and Skin, they listen to the show, they're fans of the show. They know they're pranksters. I'm on edge anytime KT texts me or asks me to do something. Anytime I'm around bed and skin, which isn't a whole oh, lot, yeah. I'm well, looking over my shoulder like, listen, 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 prank? listen, listen. I uh, right immediately after the phone call, I'm like, it's mixed feelings. I'm like, oh my god, I was just talking on the phone with Ben and Skin. They pranked me. This is almost this is like almost like Ashton Kutcher's punking you. It's like, oh my god, is this happening? Really? I'm like almost thankful, but then that I haven't received. It's, it's the fact that I haven't received the phone call, man. I'm like. Where's my phone call? Where's the Where's the honest? Hey, you got it, bro. I know we've been stringing you out and stressing you out for three and a you half know weeks what? Wait now. Wait till Monday. On I'm Monday, freaking, shoot Tim I an mean, email God, and just say, yeah. look, hey, hey, I got bro. Call, I'm pr I got called by two guys. I'm pretty sure they said at the end of it it was Ben and Skin pranking me, and I should expect a call from you. Hopefully, I'm honestly freaking tripping out. ball sack and, in uh, the worst way, if you have not any tripping kind in a good way. Information for me, I'd love to. Come on, know, Tim, dude. do your boy I, solid, bro. I think you're all right, buddy. Hit me up on a Saturday if you have to. Call <laughs> me now. It's Friday night after hours. I don't care. Hit me up, baby. Yeah, he's not gonna call you now. Gosh, he probably damn won't it. call you on Saturday or Sunday. No, I know. So it's gonna be it's it's freaking 48 more hours of this, dude. Minimum. Look, quit. Just take a deep breath. Let's let's think of some positives, man. Let's think of the good times. How about a week ago tonight? We were partying with our boy Yeomans for Yeomans Gets Yoked, huh? Yeah, that was a better time. Yeah, Bab, I need some uplift. Like, I'm freaking depressed as hell right now. I'm Dude, got, I, my, well, I'm better I've now. Got, I've got I'm any, a little better I've now. I've got any chub. Any chub oh, right wow. now. Oh, wow. The yeah, opposite. That's how, like, flaccid Negative I chub. It's terrible. That's the worst. So, can All I right, get, fix that, Bab. Yeah, I need to get something happening. We need to get some Eric, sexy tunes breath. in Don't here. Don't worry about it. Whatever happens, happens. I'll be here to hold your hand the whole way. It's going to be okay. Gosh, man, that's a, that's a nosebleed seat. It's freaking just... Letting everything hang hey, out right there, bro. Seats is here. Nose I'm talking about. Podcast. My goodness. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, Zach Babb. Well, but, you make me feel a little bit better. I, I'm sorry okay. to be so okay. self-involved no, about no, no, it, no. but I'm just I, I could not do any. I could not function without getting that off my chest. Dude, I want you to be happy. Here we go, baby. Yes. And now I'm just naked. I, I'm just here at my core, <laughs> as vulnerable as ever. I want my you vulnerable. God. I like you like that. All right, here's the deal. We went to Yeoman's Gets Yoked, baby. Oh, it was a yeah. nosebleed seat. Okay, now you're starting to sprout. Oh, Ben, baby. Yeah, it's starting to lift up a little bit. It's like baby Groot up in my pants. Looking good. All right, so here's there, the deal. Okay, banana hammock, perfect example. Oh, that's how it looks? Vis yes, that's it, right there. Interesting. Wow, that's kind of... I'd like to peel that banana. Kyle Yeoman's just been a guest on the show. Mr. Yeoman's. Made our freaking... Uh, 
logo for us. Yes, he did. Season. Gosh, man, he's a he's a he's not only a friend of the show, he's a family member of the he's show. He's a family member of the show. We love the guy. He turned twenty freaking one, baby. Yes, he did. And we went to his place for Yeoman's Party Day like Field. a rock star. It wasn't just Chi and I, but Babalicious showed up too. Bab showed up for the first time. Bab, was yeah. that the first time in college history for you that you set foot uh on a uh like on a in a bar or at a party? Uh, at a bar, no. At a college party, yes. Really? Yeah. Whoa, my God. I wish Woo! I would have known that at the time. I mean, I knew we were probably popping your cherry, but I wasn't totally sure. Now we no, know. No, I mean, you guys, you guys know me. I'm like the most not partying person But it was ever. exactly it was exactly what you would expect, though, right, Bab? I mean, yeah. typical I mean, it, college it, it, party. It, che- it, checked off, it checked off all the stereotypes. Pinatas, party favors, good, the, the goodie bags. I'll tell you what, Yeoman's oh, really killed it with the goodie bags, oh, yeah. bro. Damn, and he and he iced his own cake too. Did he? And it looked he that's did. why the cake looked so bad. Oh, the cake. Yeah, <laughs> but the that pinata was, was that great. That was publicly announced by uh, uh, Maddie. Is that his girlfriend's name? Yeah, I, I think remember. so. Yeah, Maddie Daddy. Maddie. Maddie Daddy. Yeah. No, actually, that's bad sister. I got to spend some quality time though with Maddie and Kyle. We went on a road trip. Now, yes, yeah, so you went and called the steakhouse <laughs> after. So, so you guys went. Ra- so we raged, right? We raged. Pinatas right. and party favors. We do it all at his Friday night. It's going ham. He does the the bar crawl at Fry Street, and then he didn't get into the last. Didn't bar? Didn't get into the last bar. He was a little pissed, but you know what? He held it like a champ. He downed at least you know fourteen. No, he, yeah, it, and we were. It was back to back to back to back. We're cheering him on. We're in the bar like yo, man, yo, man, me and Walter. Yeah, yo, yo, man. Yeah, Yeoman's, Yeoman's gets yo. Get it, Kyle. Yeah, because he was moving so quick. It's not like everyone had time to go get drinks at the bar. It's like Yeoman's goes and gets the shot, boom, next one. No, he was raging face, dude. His girl, no, but his girlfriend was just Uh, on the, she was just, all right, here, we have, all right, it's 1215, we're going to be at this bar. 1222, we're at this bar, we're taking shots at 1236 at this bar, and then Yeoman's blacks out by 115. It's a beautiful evening. God bless Maddie. She had it down to a science She, She was phenomenal. And it was weird because the most humanly populated bar on Fry it was shoulder to shoulder. I'm literally grinding up it on men's packed. pushes trying to slide by. Yeah, and, and then you took that. your shirt off. And Dude. then you started bumping into everybody, First and you know all, it gets sweaty in there. I almost got hit, I think, by several football players. Hit on, you mean? I mean, like, I got the the, the mean mug sitch going. I well, that's because, dude, your, your nipples are intimidating, nips, bro. The nips, They're yeah. intimidating. You know, I can understand that. But that's the one bar you and I got a beer in. Jealousy, baby. Weird. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's it. <laughs> that was on me, too. Don't it forget was. that. Thank you. I appreciate Love it. Love you, baby. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, and then you guys, so you wake up Saturday morning. You wake and Yeoman. I'm expecting Yeoman's to be just... Plaster because you guys got to go call a game we in Austin in like Austin. four hours. Yeah, so in the drive from Denton to Austin, it's like three to four hours, right? Dude, I'm uh. thinking, dude, I would be if, if it was anything like me for Yeomans, my 21st birthday, I had a 24 hour hangover. I thought I was going to physically die. Well, homie, so there's up. no way I'm getting in a vehicle and calling a lax game. He was a trooper, bro. He showed up. Not only was he like ready to rock, he was driving. You're a better man than me, Yeomans. I was going to have to drive or Maddie, his girlfriend was coming along to drive. Yeomans was in the captain's chair ready to Damn, rock, Damn, what dude. a boss, dude. Hell yeah. At a boy, Yeomans. We just drove on by Bucky's, got some food Hell and yeah, beverages. Yeoman's. Yeah, Yeoman's. Yeah, Yeoman's. Get yoked, baby. At a boy, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, so we go to Bucky's and then we just hit it. We get to the game, call the game. Highland Park just kills it all weekend. They kicked it. They kicked Ace, dude. They kicked Ace. They're playing their best lacrosse, their best lax of the year, bro. They Gosh, their, that's so freaking sexy. Their best player back, Owen Seabold, is going to Syracuse, and they made Owen. it to the championship round, the Final Four this weekend, which is in Katy. 
Babs old stomping grounds hey. in the Houston area. Road Stadium, correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've called many a high school football game. How's Road. that yes. press box? Because we're hoping to get into that, baby. Uh, the press box, it's, it's set up very much like a... Uh, a, a true press box. They have like press row, and then they got small little booths. And they got a bunch of pinatas. They got the pinatas the in there too, don't hey, they? Typical press box. Yeah, as long as we can Poles. get our own little booth. Although he does tend to fart terribly anytime he, we get in the booth. He is gassy, it's isn't he? Just when we're in booths. Who's the other guy? You know I'll tell that you what, does he that. He wasn't that gas. Oh man, Bab. Oh yeah, that's too. right. It is Bab. Is that Bab? Wait, what? What? Oh come on, Bab. You're so far away right now. I can't even smell it, bro. Don't even worry. But yeah, Yomich I mean, we're only separated yassy. by a giant room and two panes of glass. Well, it's starting to creep in. Don't get me wrong. Don't get too <laughs> cocky over there, pal. Here's the dilemma, though, and the reason why I really brought this up. Road trip was good, by the way. Uh, I didn't end up third wheeling too much, even though Yeomans and Maddie wanted to bring that up several times. You're third wheeling here. It wasn't that bad, man. We had Fred with us, our producer, Freddy. John, our camera operator. Food room was included. They covered it for us. It was tight, man. Company so now, dime. Yeah, we got this weekend, too. We're looking for Put it on the man. Saturday, Sunday. Only problem is, what is Saturday? For the boys. Yeah. Besides that, it's the 13th of May, and there's some event. What the? What is it? What event is it uh, that I've been talking about? Oh, it's uh, you had that re- you had that super important. Was it that thing with your sister? No, like that super no, important no, no. dinner? No, that it was, was a family thing, wasn't it? That was a couple weeks ago. That was for, for her birthday. Oh no, you had to do that. Uh, isn't that social work you had? What's the what? Some of that social work. What are you? What kind of social work? No, wasn't that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm confused then. I don't know. What do you, what's, what's going this Saturday, UFC man? UFC 211 is going down. Oh. Oh, crap. I've only been hyping this thing up. And well, saying, oh, I'm McGregor's get... fighting? McGregor's no, fighting? No, 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 no. McGregor's fighting? No, McGregor's not fighting. Oh. I, I wouldn't have missed if McGregor was fighting. What are we talking fighting. about? It's UFC 211. It's the deepest fight card of the year, baby. Fight How deep? fans are going crazy. It's not balls deep. It's balls deep. Stop it. There's two freaking heavyweight and strawweight championships on the line. A double co-main event. Title belt. Yeah, but you're teasing me. You're teasing me with the McGregor sound, and there's no McGregor. Well, we'll get to some McGregor in a sec. But man, it caused a problem for me because I've been stoked for this UFC. Event. I know you really have been and excited, maybe you, bro. You don't care. I care. No, dude, I'm messing with you. I know you've been excited. You've been. I'm you've so been hyped, excited. Bro. So now you've been texting me about it every morning for three months. <sighs> like, dude, just like, with the countdown. So days, close. days, ten days, six days, so six close. days, four days. So close. And then here we go. Six o'clock Saturday night at Road Stadium. It's the semifinal match. HP Lax is playing, and it's a big game. And you're supposed to be on the call, and aren't I'm you? supposed to be on the call for work. So now, now I got a decision to make. Do I skip it and just go to the fights, and then whatever happens if they make it to the state championship oh, game, man. just early bird that thing down to Katie so I can still call the state title game? And then I found out even if HP loses, Jesuit, who's the team that they're playing, they want Kyle and I to do the broadcast for the state title game no matter what. So we're on the call for the state championship game. Well, dude, that's awesome, and it's great for your career, and it's huge. But now life hits you in the face, and it's now like, you got a decision crap. to make. So now what's the decision? I'm going with work. I'm going with for my career. Wow, I'm, I'm man. I'm thinking to myself, look, I can go to a UFC that's event. A, that's a grown-up decision anytime. right there, Walchuk. Damn it. I don't get these opportunities to call a state championship every freaking day of the week. I'm invested in this Island Park lacrosse team. I enjoy it. Yeomans and I have been on this ride together. You're a laxy son of a gun. We're finishing it together, baby. So I'm proud I'm of you. bypassing the UFC. You're, you're, what are you going to You just, just want to give me the ticket. 
you know, uh, I have for I free mean, and whatever. No, 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 I couldn't. Cool. You give me the free ticket. No. I go. I watch Look, the game. I, I'll take rich, good pictures. I'll take pictures. If I was rich and I'll tell money, good stories after. I'd have given you the ticket. Instead, I, I gave the ticket to a buddy of mine who's going to buy it from me. Okay. I knew you weren't going to be down for All that. All right. Man, you're really acting like a businessman this I know. weekend. Well, look, I, I'm gonna. I'm wasn't losing out on a hundred bucks, which is what the ticket was. So. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You're making your money back, and then you're like, all right, if I got my money and I'll back, I'll make money at work. I'll go. Oh, okay, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. So there you go. That, that that's was, a that's a grown-up decision, man. I, well, I'm making a grown-up decision. What proud can I of say? you, man. You went from you went from raging with pinatas at, at Yeoman's 21st birthday, screaming out obscenities with your shirt off in the bar, to just days later. Making one of the most important business decisions of your life, man. That's that's amazing, dude. Well, hopefully, Miocic Dos Santos is a great fight. Joanny on Jacek, Jessica Andraj. It's a great card. My boy Frankie Edgar's fighting. I'll watch it. I just won't see it live and in person. But besides UFC 211 hitting the town, our boy, the notorious one, Conor McGregor, happened to give birth. Well, he didn't give the birth. His, <laughs> he gave birth? His fiance D. Devlin <laughs> whoa, 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 gave whoa, birth. Whoa. But Conor McGregor's now a daddy, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give it up for our boy Conor McGregor. Let's be honest. He's always been a daddy. <laughs> Say that again. Let's be honest. He's always been a daddy. Daddy! McGregor's always been a daddy, dude. You know it. Oh, uh, yeah, he is. Nate Diaz knows it. My juicy mink. No, but Conor is the real deal. Well, so wait, is something going to happen? I mean... There's something gonna happen like with the fight with McGregor with Mayweather. You got you got news. You got breaking anything important, anything of note. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. my gosh, I dude. got some stuff. So because now he's a dad, and you said as soon as he becomes a dad, as soon as he has his baby, he's gonna become. He's gonna be back in the ring. Yes. Is he back? Well, we're not official here. Give me a nosebleeds exclusive, man. Here's the nosebleeds excuse. Here's the nosebleed exclusive. Here's our really crappy excuse. This is what I've got for you. All right, Bab. This is what we're gonna roll with. Dana White has been talking about this situation now big time the last week. It's gotten heavy. And he started off talking about how apparently the Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight was targeted for September, I believe the 13th, which is a date that has now been claimed by Canelo and Triple G. In a huge fight. So here's Dana White explaining the of situation. Course. Of course, another obstacle. Apparently, the date's been lost. Cut one bab on the second version of cuts that I gave you, brother. Yeah, that you know, September was the date that we wanted. And, uh, you know, we, we dragged our feet. We've, we've, we've taken too long. And, and, and a great fight slid into that spot. <clears throat> just, it just, you know, uh, life moves on, man. Nobody waits. And nobody waits for anything. Things pop up, you know, you didn't see a big fight coming, but these guys made a big fight with, uh, uh, you know, Triple G and, and Canelo, and good for them. Dana White appearing on the Ryan Russell, Ryan Roussel show, excuse me. You know me, what he just said? You know what he just ESPN. said? He just got up at the mic and said, I dropped the ball. Well, what what the hell does dragging your feet mean? Like what? It means I dropped the ball. Whose fault is that, asked Ryan Roussel. Cut to, Bab. What, Dana, what the hell? Well, it's, it's it's everybody's fault. It's you know it's 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 all of our fault. We we on our side. It, it, actually, it's not Mayweather's fault. It's actually our fault on our side. We haven't got our stuff together. Um, meaning uh, me and Connor have, haven't got our stuff together, and you know we blew the date. So what are you gonna do? Well, well, damn it, get it together. Yeah, what the hell, bro? He's literally he's just throwing it. It sounds like he's throwing in the towel, dude. This. 
Well, okay, Dana, what, Jeez, what's been Dana. the problem? What has been the issue? We know Connor and his baby. We I've, I've said that that's the problem, but is there anything else, or is that just Connor and the baby? Cut four, Bab. I'm skipping cut three. Roll to cut four. The, I, I'd say the biggest thing is is that Connor was having his baby. Okay, so you know, right. Connor Connor was home. Thanks. He's having his baby. He's focused on that with it, with his, his girl and his family, and, you know, now he's had the baby, and we should have something together here in the next uh, – by, by this weekend, you know, and then I can start negotiating with uh, with Mayweather. Okay, so Dana White's pretty much saying Sunday's the deadline now. Uh, it just goes to show that kids really ruin everything. Yeah, well, he's got to wait. And look, Connor said his fiance D, and I've said this on the show, she admittedly gets stressed and nervous whenever he's got a fight coming up, and especially when he fights. And I think that that's natural for a spouse to feel that way about their loved one. They're going in there to get physically beaten to a pulp. Oh, yeah, I'd be I'd be tripping. Yeah, I'd be freaked out, right? And it's not good for a pregnancy, that kind of stress. So you wait till afterwards. Now, Connor, look, I think the kid, the guy should still be able to enjoy the first week or so of his kid being born, but he's rushing now. Week minimum, though? You're thinking week minimum? Look, yeah, week minimum. Week Let's minimum. Rolling, yeah. baby. Now it's lost, like, all right, bro, come you on. You're going to have date. this kid forever, right? I mean, you go, 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 lost go, go, go. your damn date. Now, if it's just me or does Dana White sound a little bit annoyed by the situation? They asked him, does Dana enjoy doing these kind of meetings and trying to put a promotion like this together? Cut three, Bab. It's not that I hate it. It's just, it's just not what I do, you know. Um, to, to, to even entertain this fight, I'm, I'm, I'm entertaining it for Connor. You know, I've said many times, Connor's done a lot for, for, uh, for the sport and, and for us. He stepped up on short notice in big fights and times that were critical for us. And, you know, he's done a lot of good things in the last couple of years. So uh, he wants this, and um, and we're trying to get it figured out. So, so we know Connor wants the fight. Dana White has really been a big proponent of this fight happening. There's too much money in it. It's a fight people want to see. Now, all of a sudden this week, he's starting to come out with a little bit of pushback. Dana, they asked him, would he even be considering this if it wasn't a favor for Connor? Cut six. No, absolutely not. Why? <laughs> It's not what I do. Yeah. Bottom line. Dana White is is showing Conor McGregor the love because Conor McGregor has stepped in and continued to fight on big cards when his opponent has dropped out in short notice and Conor has said, screw it, put whoever it is in the octagon. Conor's one loss against Nate Diaz came, I think it was a week's notice maybe. Nate Diaz was the replacement for Rafael Dos Anjos in a lightweight title fight. Nate Diaz, a long, rangy southpaw. Conor McGregor went in there, no game plan, fighting his fight. He got caught rear naked choke. People want to call Conor McGregor a bitch for that? Dude, it happens. B.A. Nate Diaz is a hell of a fighter. Nate Diaz presents problems for Conor McGregor. All I'm saying is Dana White happens to be doing a favor for Conor McGregor that allows Dana White to walk into a sea full of cash. Just so happens, yeah, right? So I mean, as much as he's doing McGregor a favor, he's doing his, his self a favor. Well, okay, and he's putting counter. this hard deadline, so he's putting this hard deadline on McGregor. And I don't know McGregor as well as you do, but my gosh, I don't think he's going to take too kindly to a hard deadline. Oh yeah, now Connor, and that's going to that's going to be a that's going to be a slap in the face. Connor and I uh, ride around in his Bentley together every uh, every Saturday night, drinking Bailey's. You take a little bit of take a lap nap. Take oh, a yeah. lap nap or two from time to time. Yeah, oh yeah, all, all up in there. Uh, here's an interesting side question, though, that they asked him. And what if Connor loses? And because people are just kind of expecting Connor's going to get his ass kicked in a boxing match with Floyd Mayweather, does that hurt the UFC brand at all? Cut five. I don't know. I mean, they're two totally different sports. 
Uh, he's got less. Listen, if, if Floyd came into the UFC, the fight with Connor and Floyd would last 10 seconds. The fight would be over in 10 seconds. Uh, Connor's going to go in and box, and the thing will probably probably go the distance, or I, I don't know. I mean, I don't see Floyd Mayweather knocking him out. Floyd Mayweather doesn't knock anybody out. So, you know, there you go. There you go. And Dana White's the one that's going to have to make this fight happen. Floyd Mayweather has continually given some digs to Connor and how he, his boy Dana White is his boss, this and that. Dana made it very clear in another interview that he did with the MMA junkie, cut four of the original clips, Bab, and this will be the last Dana White cut I've got for you. But Dana expressing how he's the one that's going to make this fight happen, and now we know. Sunday's his deadline. He's putting the pressure on Connor. This fight don't happen without me, Floyd. You know it. Floyd's waiting on me right now, and he knows it. Um, you can make this fight happen. You know Floyd's into 11. Well, no, it's not even about Floyd right now. It's about it's about uh, it's about Connor. Connor's having a baby, and, and and once he has the baby, we'll figure it out. It's so, all the baby. It's Golly, all the baby's fault, man, right? That's I ridiculous. Will say it's a Everybody has baby. kids. How many people? How many fighters in the freaking UFC have kids all the time? Using an excuse. It's Everybody's got kids. Are you kidding me? It's Conor McGregor's baby. Oh, jeez. Conor McGregor did post a pretty badass picture on Instagram of him holding his kid, and his kid's got his little left paw hanging out and Connor wrote in the caption we can land a left paw from anywhere who wants it do you, do you always read it in his accent in my mind it's in his accent I can't really perform his what did it, what did he well. name his baby did he name it Con uh Connor jr yes did he I knew it of course he did yes he did let's just put uh let's just put some some pressure on the guy why not Connor McGregor jr oh yeah he's going to live in pressure but if he's anything like his father well, they, so it's the same thing. The you know, LeBron James names his firstborn son LeBron James Jr. I'm pretty sure that's what everybody does. Anyone who's just big and has a huge name, they just throw their son their name, and then it's like, wow, we got a Michael Jackson Jr. on our hands. There's no pressure there. No. You should name your kid like a like a direction, like North. Could be. What if he goes C.J. McGregor, Connor Jr.? No. CJ, yeah, he'll probably go by CJ. He go by CJ. CJ McGregor, that sounds kind of cool. I don't know. He'll he'll think of something. That's pretty Either much way, Conor McGregor Jr. is ruining everything for all us fans. Yeah, I look. I don't know. I, it might all be an act. It might be everybody. This is just part of their performance that they're going to give on to add hype and talk. Well, I hope it's an act and not a fact. Fight. Yeah, me too. I'm going to be pretty bummed because it all seemed like it was going in such an uphill positive direction. Now all of a sudden, Dayton's like, "All right, kids out." Should we go? Should we go? Hashtag. Oh, this should out. we go? Hashtag blame the baby. Hashtag blame. Should we baby? start? Let's do the ha hashtag, hashtag. Hashtag blame, blame CJ. Hashtag blame CJ. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, because that's what this is, man. This is a clown show. Yeah, we need to figure this out. Hopefully, uh, Connor comes. Connor wants something bad enough, dude. I'm sure it'll happen. So if it comes down to he's he gonna, really wants this, he's gonna get paid a lot of money. He's to gonna lose. get a lot of money regardless, even if it's not exactly what he was hoping for to lose. If you, I don't know, man. We'll see. That's what you they know, all say. You know where I feel about it. I think. Yeah, I know how you feel about it. He's gonna, gonna go in there and he's the gonna go one punch and he's gonna knock one Mayweather's hit, head completely off his body and out of the freaking arena. No, I don't know if it'll be a one hit quit, but I do think uh, it'll end in KO. McGregor over Mayweather. And by KO, you mean uh, McGregor killing Mayweather? He's gonna cuckold him in the ring. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah. He, uh, Mayweather's just starting to just trying to get all sorts of kids now, isn't he? Trying to get everybody pregnant. Now Connor's got one.
Well, that's pretty much it. That's our update on the McGregor Mayweather situation, our preview for UFC 211. Hashtag blame the baby. And uh, I made my decision on the dilemma, so I'm sorry. I can't rock any nosebleed seat shirts to UFC 211, but I'm sure that there will be other ample times. And by the way, eventually we're going to get these shirts ready to go. Hopefully. We've got a fantastic new social media team. Yes, we do. Follow us. Our Twitter. Yeah, at Nosebleed Pod. And Instagram. And Instagram, which is at NBS Podcast. And our Facebook page, at Nosebleed Seats Podcast. It's a great time. We got videos. We got all sorts of fun things that we do. So like us. Follow us. All that jazz. We will. Just come on back. And just a big just a big thank you for being a listener of Nosebleed Seats. Big I know we, we can't thank you enough. I'd love to hug and hand pound each and every one of you. Hugs and hand pounds, baby. Come join the safe space. No Split Seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, and Zach Babb. It is now time to pause for a moment as we thank our sponsor of No Split Seats, The Diamond Broker. Hello, I'm Robert of The Diamond Broker. Over the past 30 years, many jewelry stores have come and gone, but we are still here. We are Dallas's original Diamond Broker, and our A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and a proven track record with thousands of satisfied customers sets us apart. The Diamond Broker has been the go-to source for loose diamonds, engagement rings, and special occasion jewelry. We were one of the first companies in DFW to offer diamonds directly from the cutters. With over $2 million in loose diamonds to choose from, the Diamond Broker is the most respected wholesale broker because we guarantee the color, clarity, and cut of every diamond sold. We offer good old-fashioned value and service, no gimmicks and no hassles. When shopping for an engagement ring, a pre-owned Rolex, or special occasion diamonds, visit The Diamond Broker. Ask around. Someone you know has done business with us. The Diamond Broker, Dallas original diamond broker at Preston and Forest in Dallas, or on the web at diamondbrokerdallas.com. Thank you, Robert, and thank you for The Diamond Broker. This is the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, and Zach Babb. It's time now for a segment we've been teasing. For a couple weeks now, a phenomenal catalog, book. I don't know what the hell this is really called, Eric, but you found it. Your boy, is it Kian? Yes. Kian Fahey? Kian Fahey, C-I-A-N Fahey, F-A-H-E-Y. You can follow him on Twitter. And, in, and for any football fan, NFL fan, I highly recommend it. He's, the, he's one of the best follows out there. Uh, and basically what he does, he's a freelance writer, so he writes for ESPN. He writes for a bunch of different sports websites, but his main one that he writes for is called Pre-Snap Reads, and he's been writing for him for a while. He's a young guy, and he lives actually in, I'm pretty sure he lives like in Ireland, so he's actually uh, similar to your boy McGregor. They got they have similar accents, so it's funny to ha- when you hear him talk about football. He's talking about American football, and he's got this thick Irish accent. It's really great. But he's incredibly smart, and what he does is, All season long, he watches every snap of every game of every single quarterback in the NFL, and he charts them, okay? And and he goes through. So he knows knows a lot of different positions because he watches every team, every game, every play because he's specifically watching the quarterback, and the quarterback is what he specializes in. So all year he's watching the film, and then by the end of the season, he starts putting together what he calls his catalog. He's been doing it for a few years now, and at the end of every season – he does a chapter on each NFL quarterback in their previous season. And he also does a bunch of averages and uh, rankings of each quarterback through certain uh, through certain uh, categories, basically, like interceptable passes, uh, their accuracy percentages, uh, their interceptable passes, or excuse me, I already said that one, uh, but they're like created receptions where basically like a receiver makes the play for the for the quarterback as opposed to the quarterback actually making the play. So what Kean Fahey does 
is he takes the guesswork and the luck and he thinks that people people rank players according to results too much so because the guy completed the pass or because there was a touchdown on the play or because the the team won the game that this quarterback is good and that's not always the case he breaks it down to where he you just see what the quarterback did whatever the quarterback could control how good was he so it takes out how good his offensive line is it shows if he has bad receivers and things like that how freaking phenomenal is it, that? It, it's amazing the guys it, it's i can't imagine how long this takes to go through but it takes them all season obviously and then it takes them up until just a couple of weeks ago through the nfl offseason before it's ready and printed out and you can go to presnapreads.com and you can purchase it you can purchase it from his twitter account it's 20 dollars. you buy it right on your phone with paypal and it's uh and he emails it to you in a PDF immediately as soon as you purchase it. And then you have a, just a ton. just a, It's just a quarterback Bible, basically. So the accuracy, the accuracy stuff is really great because what he does is he takes, instead of completion percentage, where completion percentage, it takes into account all your throw, the passes that get thrown away. The passes, the spiked passes. So you spike the ball, that goes down to an incompletion, and that falls under your completion percentage. Right? So... The completion percentage doesn't really tell the whole story because it also doesn't let you know how well if the quarterback was throwing the ball 30 yards downfield more often than the guy who's just throwing it two yards downfield every time. Yeah, the guy who's throwing it two yards is going to have a better completion percentage because he's not pushing the ball down the field. So Fahey just breaks everything down and shows you what what quarterback does things well, what quarterback doesn't do things well. And he surprises you sometimes on some of the things that you find out. So when you look at the accuracy, they, they take the accuracy, and this is um, this is all, all the passes that they throw. He goes through each quarterback and decides, okay, was the pass accurate? Should the ball have been caught or no? Whether it was an incompletion or not, right? So if the, if the receiver dropped it, it's not necessarily the quarterback's fault. So he takes all those plays and sees how accurate you were. Well, you'd be surprised, Walchuk. Who do you think is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL? Ooh, Tom Brady. Wrong. Hmm. Tony Romo. Wrong. <laughs> Dak Prescott. Wrong. And, and we're going to go through. We're going to go ben through. Ben Roethlisberger. You guys are all wrong. Matt Schaub. Wrong. <laughs> Again, Brian wrong. Hoyer. Wrong. But the, you're actually. Uh, Kellen like, Moore. Those kind of names are funny. Uh, because the number one. You guys are going to freak out. Ryan Leaf. The number one quarterback in terms of accuracy in the NFL, according to Key and Fahey, is Sam Bradford. What? The quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Who? Floppy sleeves, Sam. Does he even have shoulders anymore? I don't even know. I don't. I, I know he doesn't have a neck, but he definitely throws the ball well. He's accurate. Holy crap! His accuracy percentage is three per, three percent higher than anyone else's. The second is Drew Brees. Drew, Drew Brees is a pretty accurate quarterback. So is Aaron Rodgers. Those are the top three. But Sam Bradford is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Now, I know you guys are going to be curious about your quarterback, which is Dak Prescott. Hold on. I'm not ready to give up on this Bradford deal yet. He's more accurate than Breeze. Oh, yeah. He's more accurate than Breeze. And Rodgers? He's more accurate than Rodgers. Rodgers was uh, 80%, just over 80%. So was Drew Breeze. Is this because he doesn't throw the ball down the field? Um, that Well, we can get to that. We can get to that. Um, I don't think that's totally the case. But we, we will we will certainly look at that. Okay, we'll look at that. Let's get to my baby Dak. But but yeah, I know you I know you're curious about Dak. Let's Dak to the future. All right, so I'm looking at Dak here. I'm looking at all the accuracy rankings. This takes out all the the luck, all the the drops, all the bullcrap. Did the quarterback throw the ball where it was supposed to be? Doesn't matter the result. Dak Prescott is ranked 11th in the NFL, just behind 
Mr. Tom Brady. Okay, we will certainly take that. Yes, you will. He's 75%. So 75.5% of the time, Dak Prescott is going to put the ball where it needs to be. Beautiful. Now, whether the guy's going to catch it or not, who knows? Well, when you got Terrence Williams, you can guarantee that there's going to be some drops. All right, so... um. Another, in terms of accuracy, just looking at the the whole accuracy list right now, I know you guys just are curious maybe about your division, the quarterbacks in the NFC East, right? Well, so who's you, you guys? You're cur- well, I'm talking about the Cowboys, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know hey, you, I, I know you that's, guys. yeah. So, so the, the Cowboys are obviously the team that you guys are probably going to be caring about, Mr. Walchuk, and most of probably our listeners, I would imagine. So we'll go around the NFC East. Eli Manning is ranked 13th. In accuracy. <laughs> she lied. 13th. Yep. That's way too high. Kurt Cousins, 20th. Wow, I would expect him to be up there. If there's one good quality about his game, I thought it was his accuracy. You thought that, but it's actually not, and we'll get to that. But he's not a very accurate quarterback. And then Carson Wentz, 27th. Oh. Very bad. Not an accurate quarterback. Especially for a guy so who's that means, knocked on throwing it short. So that means Dak Prescott is the most accurate quarterback. Or King at of least, the castle. King of the castle. At least last season... Prescott was the was the most accurate quarterback in the NFC East. Eli Manning was not far behind. And then there was a big drop off after them to Kirk Cousins and to Carson Wentz. Okay, timeout. Okay. Now, because I know Babs twiddling his thumbs and he wants to hear how high Ben Roethlisberger is because he's a freaking Steelers fan. Yeah. Okay. But are you so, Jared Sandler over there. Let's let's hear Big Ben. Ben we, Roethlisberger. We, we already know that Osweiler sucks. Yes. Yeah. Osweiler is garbage. He was actually the thirtieth. Uh, ranked accurate passer wow. in the league. So sorry, uh, Texans fans. But Ben Roethlisberger, he's ranked 19th, so he's just one spot ahead of Kirk Cousins. But, Bab, here's the one thing that you can note yeah. is that Roethlisberger is, like, the, I think he's a, the number one or number two deep passer in the league in terms of how often he goes deep. So his, that doesn't uh, surprise me. You know what I'm saying? But, again, this accuracy percentage takes that part out of it right now. It's just... Was was he accurate? So it takes all of it out. But at least you can rest assured that Roethlisberger goes deep pretty often. So he, he it's tough to be goes where? super accurate deep, way deep. All right. So uh, and then the, he also breaks it down. So he breaks down the overall accuracy, but then he breaks it down by their depth. By by. So if it's like girth, one yeah girth. So if it's area like, around. Yes, exactly. O- almost the circumference inside. But we're ah, we're looking more length here. We're looking more distance. Okay. Yeah. And so we're going, we're going, uh, you have the, the screen passage, which is zero yards and back. You have the accuracy for that. And then you have the accuracy from one to five yards, six to 10 yards, 11 to 15 yards, 16 to 20 yards, and then 21 yards and more is the deep ball. And so he ranks each quarterback from each one of those depths. Mm-hmm. So you can see, okay, maybe this quarterback is, is a good, accurate passer in the intermediate game, but not the deep game. Or maybe he's good in the deep game, but not the short game. So you can, it, it really just breaks it down for you. And so... One thing that you can note here is that of all of these individual depth rankings, Aaron Rodgers is ranked no lower than seventh in any one of these depth categories. Wow. So he is he's he's extremely accurate. He may not be the the number one most accurate, but in all these depths, he's like he's like three, four, or five most accurate at each depth. Best overall. Probably. Exactly. Okay. So I mean he's like, I mean, well, he's number two behind Bradford. Anyways. What? Number two, period? In terms of accuracy, yeah. Okay. okay. In terms of accuracy. But so when you when you when you rank it, so like let's see for instance, they always talk about Cam Newton, how Cam Newton's a really inaccurate passer. Isn't that something they always talk about? Well, from the distance of let's see, sixteen to twenty yards, Cam Newton's ranking is third in the league. It's a sweet area, baby. So yeah, you the so Gre- it, that's the Greg Olson. Exactly. Money area. So right there in that and that's chunk plays, man. So you can talk about 
But everybody labels Cam Newton an inaccurate quarterback. Well, I mean, from some short depths, you're right. He's kind of ranked in the 20s and some. But then when you get a little bit deeper and you look into the 11 to 15 and that 16 to 20, he's ranked third and he's ranked eighth in those categories. So he is accurate from those chunk plays, but he's not like a Tom Brady where he can just rip you up in like five, six yards, five, six yards, five, six yards. He's not precise like that. But over the middle and a little bit deeper, a guy like Cam Newton's actually more accurate than anyone gives him credit for. Hmm, interesting. All right, well, let's look at Dak Prescott. I know you're going to be interested in his particular rankings. He is most accurate, obviously, from the zero yards rank where you're just throwing, like, screens. So that obviously makes sense. He's the ninth most accurate quarterback in terms of that. Uh, from one to five yards, Dak Prescott is 85, almost 86% accuracy. That ranks him 11th. From six to 10 yards, Dak Prescott is 77.5%. That ranks him also 11th. Consistency, baby. Yep. He's ranked 24th, though, from 11 to 15 yards. He's only 61, almost 62%. But then he climbs back up to the 11th ranking from the 16 to 20-yard range. Now, that's composed. Prescott, yes, exactly. Now, that's the one thing I will note about this QB catalog. It does not particularly note who is the most composed. Sounds like Dak might be. It doesn't say who has the most moxie, which is clearly the second most important thing about a quarterback. So it, it leaves those things out, and those are clearly important. So we can only draw so many conclusions about this QB catalog. But I got to say, it's pretty on point. The created so, yards is pretty composed, too. Yeah, the created yards is pretty incredible as well. I mean, we can go through uh, and look at Dak's created yards. But um, in terms of, I don't know if you have any other quarterbacks that you were interested in, and just in terms of their their depth of yards rankings. Like, you know, hmm. do you want to know who's a good deep passer? I mean, the number one deep passer ranking-wise, 21 yards and up, is Sam Bradford. Really? He's the most accurate from 21 yards and up. That's incredible. It is, it is incredible. And then number two is actually Andrew Luck. Ooh, he's the second, he's the second most Andrew accurate deep passer. Because you guys know I get a Chubb Bray Luck. Yes, you do. Okay, so he's ranked uh, just behind Ryan Tannehill as the fifth most accurate overall passer in the league. Behind your boy Ryan Tannehill, Yes, huh? my boy Ryan Tannehill. Hate is going to hate, but Ryan Tannehill is the fourth ranked most accurate passer in the league. That's pretty wow, incredible. Wow, it is. So Andrew Luck is ranked right behind him. And uh, he's he's not very good in that uh, one to five yards. He's only like ranked twenty fourth, but he is ranked second in the six to ten uh, six to ten yard range. He's ranked ninth in the eleven to fifteen yard range, and he's ranked. Let's see, he's only ranked twenty third in the sixteen to twenty, but then he climbs up to number two, or excuse me, no, he's ranked number two in the sixteen to twenty, and he's ranked number two in the. Uh, and the 21 and up. So he's so he's an accurate he's guy, especially magnet. down the field. Yeah, especially down the field. And that's what that's what you guys need to, to to think about, man. Quarterbacks that push the ball down the field. And you're gonna have more interceptions when you're pushing yes, the ball. Yes, and, and that's gonna reflect in your interceptable passes when you go through and he and he charts interceptable passes where he goes through and says, Remember, remember a couple years ago when Nick Foles for the Eagles only threw two interceptions? I remember. Yeah, so everybody's like, oh my God, Nick Foles is just, wow, he must be really accurate. He must really take care of the football. He must really know what he's doing. Well, if you go back and look at his catalog, Kean Fahey's catalog from pre-snap reads from a few years ago from that year, you'll see that Nick Foles had, was one of the highest in interceptable passes in the league. He just happened to get a lot of them dropped or for whatever reason, they didn't result in an interception, but he threw so many interceptable balls. Yeah, the that Angels only two... in the outfield working for Exactly. Him. So when, sure. when, when you're graced by God that way, like, like Foles was for that one season, you know, lucky things can happen. And so that's why this thing is just so cool. Um, but, I mean, we can look at – you want to look at – I mean, which one do you want to look at? We can look at failed receptions. We can look at the – we can look at the interceptable passes, or I can go look exactly at Deck Prescott's chapter – and look at his little synopsis, his quick synopsis of Dak, 
and I can at least give the listeners that much. I think we're going to have to go through this QB catalog because it could, I mean, we could really get lost in the rabbit hole in this thing because there's so much information. So we're going to break it down for probably a few shows. We'll talk about some certain things. Let's hear some of the synopsises, but does it have anything regarding the receivers? Yes. Dropped yeah. passes, maybe created. Does it have plays the receivers created yes. to help the quarterback? So it can kind of help you see who the better receivers are in the league as well. Yeah, it also gives you a little bit of that. So the created receptions, basically what that means is how many times did was there a completed pass for each quarterback that wasn't even, that maybe shouldn't have been completed. Like the quarterback was inaccurate, but the receiver just made a great play. So they call that, he calls that created receptions. He also has another category called failed receptions where the quarterback did everything he should. It should have been uh, a completed pass. And for whatever reason, it was not a completed pass. And so they they and they rank, they show each receiver how many times he had a failed reception for his quarterback and how many times he created a reception for his quarterback. So we can look at the Cowboys receivers and who did what that way. But so I'm, I'm looking at Prescott's, uh, his chapter right now. And you, he's ranked 13th, or excuse me, he's ranked 29th in interceptable passes, which is a good thing. He's, he only threw, he only threw 13 interceptable passes last year, right? So of all the balls that he threw, only 13 of them, should have been picked off, whether they were or not. And now that's that's one of those rankings where, okay, you can say he takes care of the football or you can say maybe he doesn't take many chances down the field, right? So you can, you can take it either way. His numbers weren't bad, though. Exactly. No, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. Um, again, he's ranked 11th in accuracy. Um, now let's look at his shorthand skill set. So at the top of each chapter for each particular quarterback, he's got a little bullet-pointed list. Oh, I love lists. Yeah, I love lists too. So this is the shorthand skill set of Dak Prescott. You can tell me if you agree, Walchuk. I'll tell you. He says he's a very patient pocket passer who reacts to blitzes and cycles through post-snap reads. Oh, composed as it gets. Very composed in a nutshell, exactly. Number two, he was he uh, was successful calling audibles and making adjustments. Which is something a lot of people did not give Dak Prescott a lot of credit for. That's why people were saying, get Remo in there. You're right. He's going to make the adjustments and the checks of the line. Apparently, Dak was doing so. It dispels a lot of rumors that, that Prescott was not calling audibles and things like that, making adjustments. So, way to go, Dak. All right, bullet point number three says Prescott is not a precision passer, but he consistently throws catchable passes. I would agree with that. He's not pinpoint accurate, but no. man, he, he he knows how to put good touch on. He knows when he needs to rip it in there. And he's not just super, super erratic like a James Winston or For somebody sure. like he's that. He's got a good feel and he throws a catchable ball. It's not always the prettiest, but he's but no it's Sam Bradford. In the area where it needs to be. No Sam Bradford. Apparently not. Apparently Sam Bradford's got the best arm in the league. All right. And then he says he's not a particularly elusive or explosive, but uh, but he is a strong runner. He is very strong. I think it, that, that's a good point. I think that's I would fairly fair. That. Yeah. I think he's a little bit elusive. I think he's, def- uh, he's, but he's I, slippery. I mean, yeah. But his strength is what he's makes him a good He's definitely strong. Runner. Good yeah, balance. For sure. And then, and then he says, the last point is here is he's a good decision maker. Yeah. Except for, except for off the field, maybe, in college. That was a one-time thing. We've all got those those times. But on the field, he's Should composed have seen ever. Bab at Fry the other Oh, night. my gosh. First time ever, Bab was going yeah, nuts. Yeah, had to corral him. Way to go, Yeomans. Yeah, Yeoman. All right, so let's look at let's look at before we get into the receivers for the Cowboys. Let's look at uh, let's look at his accuracy chart, Prescott's accuracy chart. Didn't we already? Well, from each depth, it just it, it oh, highlights right. okay. like yes. it, it highlights where he's good, like outside the numbers, between the hashes, to the right, to the left. So Dak Prescott is a, a very very good thrower. I would say a very very good thrower uh, to the right of the field, from down the middle of the field and to the right. To the left, Prescott is not very good. I mean, in the in the short yardage range to the left, he's not terrible. Um, 
But to the, to the left, he's not near as good a quarterback as he is to the right, and that just shows it right here in the accuracy charts. Uh, but o- across the middle, he's pretty good. Now, he, he's pretty good on his deep ball. I mean, his accuracy to the right, he's accurate, short, medium, and long. But to the left, he's really not overly accurate. So that's something that you I wonder. That. You wonder, okay, I mean, obviously, as a rookie quarterback, you're going to have some things that hinder you a little he's bit. Got work he's to do probably going to be developing that. For sure. And he's and, gotten better the last but few But it's years. something it's something to <laughs> note and it's just an interesting little it's an interesting little nugget to know that your quarterback is definitely much better throwing to the right than he is to the left. Let's see if he can improve on that. Cuz you know teams are going to be obviously if if we know this, other teams know yes, this. Yes, and that's something they're going to probably Rolling change coverage. coverage exactly. All right, so now look at let's look at the Cowboys receivers. Let's look at their failed receptions. How many of these receivers just totally screwed Prescott this year? Oh, I can guess who the number 1 receiver All is. All right, give me him. Is his name Williams of Terrence from Baylor? Ding, ding, ding. Ah, yes. We have a winner. Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams. Golly, Terrence. You failed on seven receptions. I actually thought you would have probably, you probably thought that was going to be a higher number, didn't I you? I thought it was going to be double that. But he did lead the team in failed receptions with seven. So Terrence Williams dropped seven balls or failed to catch seven balls that would have resulted in at least 98 yards. Fortunately, none of them went for touchdowns. Now, your boy, uh, Des Bryant. Desbian for life! Yes, I know you are a Desbian. I know we have a lot of Desbians out there. So, for all of you, your boy, he failed six times. Ooh, that's just one less than Terrence. Yeah, not much better. Probably and only 14 yards shy. 80, 84 yards. Uh, he failed for six receptions and about 84 yards. And two of those should have been touchdowns. Ah, crap. So, he dropped the ball that way. But, don't, clean but it's all right. We'll get to recreated receptions here in a minute. And you'll see Brian actually did a pretty good job. By the way, you're listening to Nosebleed Seats with uh, Walchuk, Chiafalo, and Bab running the board. We're going through Kean Fahey's QB catalog where he runs through the previous season, I guess the 2016 season, of every single NFL quarterback. We're really focusing on Dak Prescott right now because I know most of our listeners are Cowboys fans. But this thing is a rabbit hole of greatness. It's it's the quarterback Bible, and we're going to get into this thing a lot uh, this whole offseason, talking about quarterbacks. I'm going to be delving into it and figuring out some interesting things, and we'll bring it to the show pretty often. It's freaking Chubb City, baby. Oh. You, you don't follow Key and Fahey. If you haven't gotten this catalog, how much yeah. is it? 20 bucks? 20 bucks, pre-snap reads. Uh, he'll email it to you right to your iPhone on a PDF, and you can just divulge, man. You'll be chubbing for weeks. Mm, delicious. So, uh, failed receptions. Before we get to the created receptions, uh, Cole Beasley had four failed receptions last year for 29 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, the big one here is Bryce Butler. He only had three failed receptions, but they were for 75 yards. So, I don't know. He was having some deep balls big that should have been. He dropped one huge one. That okay, been so a you touchdown. can remember. That was probably, yeah, oh, it was probably yeah. one play that was like 50 yards. Yeah. And, yeah, so he failed on that. But, uh, all right, let's get down. Because the rest of them are just like ones, one failed reception. That doesn't really mean anything. Let's see the created, baby. What did my boy Dez create? All right, so your boy Dez, he created six. So he failed. Six what? He failed six times. Oh. But he created six receptions. So he evened out. So he, he evened out, exactly. Okay. And he failed. He should have had 84 yards on his six failed receptions. But for his six created receptions, he had 73 yards. So he almost made up in all the yards. But the key component here is that for those six created receptions that Des Bryant made, those six plays that Des Bryant made that he shouldn't have made, that Dak Prescott probably threw a poor ball and Dak said no, or Des said no, I'm better than you. He did that six times. Four of those resulted in touchdowns. Throw it up, throw it up. That's how we ball out. Oh, yeah. Throw up the X, baby. Yeah, he was throwing that X up, and he did it four times when he shouldn't even have done it. When he went he went extraterrestrial, he went superhuman, and he scored four times. Hell yeah, he did. In 2016 when he shouldn't Woo! have. Woo! Desbian for life! So that's pretty awesome, man. I mean, you can, uh, th- this, this thing goes, this thing goes balls deep, 
and we're going to go balls deep into it. I don't know if there's any more that you want to get to today. I mean, if you have any other questions about any other maybe particular team's receivers or if you want to look, if you want to go around the NFC East and look at their particular quarterback situation specifically, look at the shorthand skill set of all the quarterbacks in your division in the NFC East. What do you think? Or do you want to move on? I don't know how much time we got. I want. No, you're a timekeeper. I think I got three quarterbacks I want to get to. Okay. And then, of course, I think we should get more into this and, and go division by division breakdown yeah. when we kind of preview some of these uh, teams here around training camp. But there's three guys that I want to get to. Who are they? We got to my boy Dak. Yeah. I want to touch a little more on Big Ben. Oh, and I get love his synopsis. touching on. You know, Big Ben loves being touched on. I know he does. And, you know, I've always thought Big Ben, as much as I hate the Steelers, he's always been one of my more fun quarterbacks to watch. I like his style of play. I think we should get to Tannehill because, you know, that's your guy. For Miami. I mean, he's a keep, man crush. Keep for it sure. all in the family. Yeah. And then I think we got to get to how good is the league MVP, Matt Ryan? Okay. And Key and Fahey's eyes. Okay. All right. We can do that. All right. Well, I'm pulled up on Ben Roethlisberger right now. So, Bab, if you wouldn't mind maybe potentially dropping a little bit more NFL music just so we can reignite my chub here because it's kind of gone down just a touch. Well, uh, funny you say that because the computer playing the NFL music just locked up and I'm having to reboot it here. Oh, so, baby, uh, baby. It's one of the. Uh, oh, baby, baby. One of the great parts about our uh, week of technology issues, uh, Jeez, it man. continues on. We are just getting so, wrenches uh, thrown right. in the middle of our faces. Yeah. You, talk, you talk, I got this. All right. <laughs> Very good. All right. Ben Roethlisberger, shorthand skill set. The first thing Kean Fahey says about Ben Roethlisberger, he's the most inconsistent week-to-week starter in the NFL, which means, geez, the guy on any given day can show up and just be phenomenal, and the next week he can, he can show up and he can look like freaking Jared Goff. Like, what happened? So Ben Roethlisberger, Super Bowl champion, future Hall of Famer, inconsistent. All right, second second thing of note here for Ben Roethlisberger. He makes spectacular plays from inside and outside the pocket, but has become more of a pocket passer under Todd Haley, which has been their offensive coordinator for the last handful of years now. So he's more of a pocket passer now as he's gotten into his career than he was prior, but he's good rolling out and doing all that other stuff too. He he diagnoses coverages and throws with timing to all levels. So he's, he's I mean, that speaks for itself. The guy's a stud. Uh, and his arm strength is not what it used to be, but it's still he's still one of the better deep passers in the league. That's a fact. And there's just too many inexplicable decisions on bad days, but possible defend, but impossible to defend on good days. So he just reiterates the fact that when he's bad, he's so bad. But when he's really good, Ben is just one of the best. He's thrown for five touchdowns, 500 yards, and you're like, holy shnikes, Ben Roethlisberger's the freaking man. So true, because there's like a three-week period where he'll go 400 yards, four touchdown games, and it seems to only be at home. Like, he's really good at home. I wish he broke that down as well, like home versus away performance. Because I feel like Big Ben is really good at Heinz Field, then he struggles on the road. That's interesting. I mean, he does go through each individual game and tell you, like, how many interceptable balls he had. And Ben is consistently throwing... For the most part, Ben's throwing three or four interceptable balls a game for the most part. But, again, he's he's going deep all the time. Yeah. So I think the most interesting thing about Ben is he's still got it, but he's kind of like Toby Keith. Remember when Toby Keith said, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was? That's kind of where Ben Roethlisberger is finding himself at this point, where on any given moment he can be just as good as he was when he was 26 years old and leading the Steelers to Super Bowl freaking victories. But on any given day he can also be that getting up there older quarterback who's getting Lose yeah. your game. it's like what happened what happened to ben a little yeah. hungover yeah. ben 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 hungover it's that motorcycle huh? so, i mean geez that man. motorcycle crash so th- so so there's ben Roethlisberger for you um let's see matt ryan all right here's matt ryan the mvp 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 
MVP. All right, Matt Ryan, Super Bowl losing quarterback. Yeah, he probably is. Hey, the music's back. Oh, sexy. thank God. Even though, Walter, you were doing an incredible hey, was job. was that okay? There. Yeah, that was great. I felt like maybe I was annoying because no, you I was, were talking. No, I was reignited. It was, All right, no, cool, I love cool, you. Good, thank good. you. But now we're back in better than ever here. So let me let me ride this through the shorthand skill set of Matt Ryan. So Matt Ryan, the first thing they say about him is that he is poised. Now, he, he doesn't go as far as to say he's composed. So he's obviously got room for so improvement poised, here, but he's poised. But he's not composed. Exactly. So okay. there's clearly there's clearly he's a, a gap the here. composure. But hey, he's he's got time to develop some more. Right. But he is poised. Um, he's he's a poised pocket passer who can deliver against pressure and mitigate pressure with subtle movements. So in the pocket, pressure doesn't really get to him. He'll step up and rip the football and take a hit. And uh, he also moves subtly in the pocket, just a step here to avoid this guy, step here to avoid that guy. But he's not scrambling out of the pocket, Good doing some. The pocket. He's not Steps doing the up, yeah. Pressure in his face. He's not I'm the Russell make Wilson, the throw, tough guy. Exactly. And he's good at sliding within the pocket. Okay, Matt Ryan. He is prone to mistakes, but he shows off an advanced ability to diagnose coverages. Okay. So smart. Uh, yeah, he's a smart guy, PC but he, grad, I guess got a it, big forehead. You he's taking tell. some. He's taking some risks. He makes some mistakes from time to time, but overall, he diagnoses coverages with the best of them. He's got limited arm strength, old Matt Ryan. I think we all know that. I think we do know That's that. That's pretty fair. We we saw it in the Super Bowl. If you would have just, if I mean, Julio Jones makes catch after catch. It's oh. like, man, you're so lucky. That just got floated up there. And thank God he's a freaking, freaking alien. Julio, Julio Hones. Julio Hones, so my good. boy. All right, uh, Matt Ryan. He is athletic enough to execute strenuous play fakes, but he's not a rushing threat. No, we we know we, that. we know that he yeah. is heavy feet, slow as hell. Yeah. I mean, God, don't even, I don't even want to watch him run. No, I, I think I could beat him in a race. Um, and he throws well with anticipation. That's the final that. note of Matt Ryan. So, I mean, he has him as a solid quarterback. I mean, uh, in terms of his accuracy, he's the he's the eighth most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Okay. So, when you're talking about accuracy, Matt Ryan, he's top 10. Okay. Now, he was first in the league for created yards. Well, it speaks to his supporting cast. Which means, yeah, that means that he had the most... The, the most yards created for him where he didn't necessarily make the the throw that should have been made, but the play still was converted and the receiver made an unbelievable play and did his thing. So he had the most of those, which is uh, says more about a supporting cast and less about him. Yeah, and Julio Jones. Yeah, Julio Jones for in sure. particular. Yeah, in particular. And uh, if you don't want to, we don't need to get to Ryan Tannehill right now. I don't think we need to mess with him. We can get to him later. But for all you Ryan Tannehill haters out there, surprise, surprise, he's actually pretty damn good. So shove it. Tanny Hill's pretty good, huh? Yeah. So that's your QB catalog. That's the that's uh, we're probably going to be running through this quite a bit, as I mentioned here on Nosebleed Seats. Thanks for riding with us, Eric Chiafalo, Zach Walchuk, Zach Babb, doing it big for you. So there's some just some NFL juices j- just to get you a little tingly where 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 it counts. All right. Well, that is a lot of awesome information for those and, of you interested. We'll bring that back. Don't worry. Because and just to highlight, the, I think probably the main point for all of our Cowboys fans out there, Dak Prescott is the most accurate passer uh, in your entire division. So you can rest assured that way. I can sleep tonight. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm now, happy. now he's Look, he's hey, he's no Sam happy. Bradford in terms of accuracy. But who, who is? is? Though? Yeah. yeah, I mean, who, who is? is? He's, he's no Ryan Tannehill. Again, but only a couple people are. Yeah, that kid's I mean, when you're talking about those guys, you're talking about the most composed in the business. Composed of the composies. And, and and Prescott's just, he's working his way up there. He's grinding away. He's grinding away. Grinding. Nose to the grindstone. Grinding, getting weird in there, and the grinding. Thank God he's a lunch pail guy, and he actually notes that. Lunch pail guy. 
But he does not go as far as to say composed or has incredible moxie. We're trying to get composed for in it. that in that description, but we we've got him there. Cool. So we'll have more QB catalog stuff coming for you in the, uh, in some upcoming shows. But wait for it. What do we need to do right now? I think it's time to get weird. Yes. Hell Let's yeah. just get vaped out right now. I'm looking to get weird. That's weird, man. Give me some stuff, baby. Give me some weird. Weird news today, guys. The NBA playoffs is now officially almost done with round two. But during the hot, tight, very competitive Houston Rockets San Antonio Spurs series up until last night's game six, when the Spurs Don't even talk to me about ran it. the Rockets out of the court. This was following game five, though. The National Sports Center post game coverage. Sports Center ESPN reporter Michael Eaves is live on the air and he's getting interviewed and he's doing his deal. He's talking about the game and all of a sudden Eves starts choking on a bug. The viewers at home to watch tonight. If you go back to the four regular season matchups between these two teams, the Spurs won three of those. Every time the Marcus Aldridge caught the ball, that, that's when the Rockets sent a double team. Game one, they didn't do it, but it seemed like, pardon me, that that's what he was expecting. So we'll see if that changes tonight. As I'm literally choking on a bug, Lisa. Can you believe that? National television, I'm choking on a bug. Get, no, get this man some water. Forget Aldridge. Hey, hey, water boys, my man Michael Eves needs some water right now. Hey, Eves, uh, I do uh, have a note here for you. Who the chokes Rockets? on a bug inside? <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what, everybody in there in game one for the Spurs. But I want to mention Rockets starters outscored the Spurs starters 77 to 44 in the first three quarters. Something there has got to change tonight, and that includes Paul Gasol. I'm letting you go, Michael. Go. Enjoy the game. Tip off there in San Antonio about 35 minutes. Peace. How awesome was that? <laughs> oh, my gosh, Shibala's man. She choking inside here in the Eves, studios. Eves was heaving. Heaving Eves. Oh man, that was awesome! And how how great! What a was terrible this? evening for Michael Eaves. Lisa Carney doing the interview alongside oh, she's Michael Reeves. Yeah, she's a cutie. It's not Reeves, it's, it's Eaves. Eaves. God, Eaves. I don't know why I'm saying Reeves. Michael he Eaves. He choked on a bug, man. Man, but I'll I mean, tell you what. Most bleed seats from Poised of the Week Award. Oh man, we should start that. Right? Wow. Just owns it. Like You're I'm right. choking on a bug right now, but I'm still just. Doing my thing, who cares? I don't know, dude. If we're talking about composed to the week, that 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 guy in Houston, that fan in Houston was on the kiss cam and got friend zoned on the kiss cam. Oh, he yes. handled that pretty well. He was probably he's probably my vote for composed of the yeah, week. Yeah, I tweeted out and I uh, tagged Eric in it and I said at least he was composed about it. But at the Houston Rockets game, they do the fan kiss cam and they put it on this male and female sitting in the stands. And the girl guy was cute, she wasn't terrible. Yeah, no, girl was cute. I mean, they seemed like they were having fun, chilling. 
guy looks over at her. They obviously knew each other. He goes in for the full-on screw it, let's kiss. And she just gives him the cheek and kisses she him She gives the him cheek. the cheek, Friend man. zoned like a mo. But he took it like a champ, like he a composed did. champion that he was. He handled he it He owned well. it. And they threw up like a friend zone graphic onto their big jumbotron there. And everybody just went nuts. And he just he just raked it in. He kind of gave him just gave him the wave and, and handled it like a pro. Yeah. Co-composed champs right there. Michael Eves from Sports Center. And then... That is one of the worst things. Dude. Can you imagine literally choking <laughs> on a bug live on air? No, that's disgusting. Gosh, man. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't vomit. Then we've got... That's why you just got to chew before you swallow, yeah. Michael. I mean, geez, man. Are you a Spitzer Swallows kind of guy? B. B? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know about you, but have you always wondered if rhinos yes. go on Tinder ever? Of course. Tinder? Duh. Well, apparently, I think about that every morning when wait, I have wake you, up. Wait, have you finally figured this out? Guys, I have an answer for you. Jeez, you must have been working strenuously oh, at the board. Man. You've been it at the chalkboard. Just haven't you? Just formulas, formulas, X's formulas. Rhino centric. You just roll the sleeves up and get to work. I finally found the last remaining mile. Rhino is on Tinder, and I'll tell you what: his purpose is to highlight a bit of a crisis. Of course. I mean, this what else rhino's would he do? name is Sudan. Age ah, 41. Sudan, Africa. He's an African. Sudan. He's an African rhino. Probably. I was hoping he'd be a Texas rhino. Well, there's not a whole lot of Texas rhinos, but Sudan. That's what I was hoping he's for. It. Maybe we can move him to Texas. We can find him a female rhino out here. They're obviously rolling around. We re-ride them to school. I'm a hell of a wingman. You know that. You know? Sudan, age 41, six feet tall, 5,000 freaking pounds. Wow. 5,000 pounds. So he's fit. Yeah, real fit. Is he yoked? Yoked. Would you say he's kind of like Jack? Dude, or is he, he, was, little, he got like a dad He was bod? about as yoked as Yeman's was this weekend. Oh my god! So he couldn't get into public Zach house. Zach Efron and Baywatch, baby. So this 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 rhino would not be getting into public house then if he showed up. No, they would. He's turn way him away. too ripped for that. They would turn him away. Wow. They tend to do that to the coolest of people. Okay, so we're talking about a fit, sexy, forty-one-year-old rhino on Tinder who's described as the most eligible bachelor in the world. Where do I sign up? Well, a rare northern white rhino, which is, of course, Sudan, has gone onto the Tinder dating app in an attempt to keep his species alive. I'm swiping right, baby. Sudan, the world's last surviving male animal of his kind, is described as being loving. Loving the outdoors, I should say. Oh, loving the outdoors. But I'm sure he's also loving. I wonder if he likes to roll around in poo. I think (laughs) he's a poo mud magnet. And he apparently enjoys traveling. Oh, really? Yes. His Tinder says, I don't mean to be too forward, but the fate of my species literally depends on me. Can you ride him? Like, can he, can, can I think you, can you ride the rhino? Ridden. Oh, is he? Is the point here. I'm looking for a ride, I baby. think he's looking to multiply, if you know what he I mean. He can be my traveling transportation. Yeah. I'd love to ride a rhino. His Tinder profile continues to say, quote, I perform well under pressure. I like to eat grass and chill in the mud. No problems. Six foot tall and 5,000 pounds if it matters. <laughs> So he's passed. Of course, it and matters. Chill. He's eat grass and chill. Size matters in the mud. He should know that. Yeah, he isn't clearly this, knows isn't that. this like that one animal wool check where you went to South Africa and one of their strategies was to roll around in their own the wild dogs? stuff? Yes. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. I was asking if he liked to roll around in his own poo. Well, this doesn't say poo. This it. says this says right. mud specifically. No poo references. Oh okay, no, poo so this references. is just mud, not this poo. This is just mud, no poo. Okay. What about golden shower? Golden shower? I uh, don't hear anything. Don't see anything about urine or white shower, for instance, either. Wow. That's a little disappointing. Sudan, which is the rhino, by the way, not the country. But his owner, 
He has an owner. Pajeta. He's think, 41. He should yeah, be well, able to take care of himself by it's now. It's a conservation refugee in Kenya. Wait, is this a failure to launch situation yeah. with the rhino? No, 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 I mean, no, he's 41. He's, he's still at home he's, with no. his parents? I mean, there's, what are you talking a, about? There's a shortage. This took a turn for the worse. He can't meet women. He's having trouble. Yeah, because he's failure to launch. He's 41. He's living at home. Look, this whole probably thing got a dad is bod. an attempt to raise Spiegel. No, he's fit. Hopes to raise awareness of the precarious position the species it is. is it, it's a cry for help. The species is in. It's a cry for help, yes. It hopes to raise cash, which all of these stories tend to do, for an artificial insemination program. That's what he's going for. He just wants to use me for my stuff. To have the children he has so far been unable to. So this is only physical with the rhino. It's, it's That's physical. all it is? The rhino needs to get uh. himself off, give him a couple magazines, sploosh in some bottles, and then we're going to inseminate some other female rhinos. And the hopes are they need to raise $9 million to get Sudan's sperm to fertilize eggs provided by the last two surviving female white rhinos. Dude, they're trying to take over the world, man. I don't like the sound of this. There's dude. a big age difference, though, because, you know, the last male is Sudan. Who are the stories about? He's 41. The last Wait. two remaining females... Don't do... Oh, are they teenagers, are bro? Satu, who is 17. Ew! I mean, that's right on the cusp. And then the, the cusps. Then there's Najin, who's 27. Oh, okay, okay. Najin, so, definitely. Najin, Najin fits a little bit Don't more. get me wrong. I'd probably delve into both. Oh, would you... I, I, I would, I would travel with both of them. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd ride them both. Well, I think that Sudan, Sudan would be cuckolding both of us. Yeah, well, he's 41. Yeah. So, I mean, he's really doing well for himself. If he lands a 17-year-old and a 27-year-old, is this, is this a threesome thing? I don't or? think he'd be getting the fun out of this. What they want is to take his sperm and put them into these two rhinos. Oh, so he's not even doing this? I don't think he oh, gets any okay, of so the He's trying to be a gentleman as much fun. as he can. Yeah, for sure. That kind of takes the fun out of it for the girls. Right? Because they just get pregnant. It definitely takes the fun out of it for Sudan. Well, yeah. And me. But you want to watch? Of course. If this thing popped up on like I Facebook I thought that's where live. you were heading. I thought you were getting to the point where we were going to broadcast. We were going to have a live no, Nesbitt no. Seats freaking podcast broadcast live on scene when they're injecting the... When they're having a the little threesome. No, this is really just a weird scenario that there's a rhino on Tinder and then it's also for a good cause because we're trying to save the ancient white rhinos... Who fear that Suzanne, Sudan? Of course, it's the white rhinos they're trying to save. He might die or be killed before he can find a mate. He's in such danger because white rhinos apparently cost fifty thousand euros. Oh man, that's cheap. Yeah, I've paid way more for a ride. So they're they're about to be at the brink of extinction here, and apparently the story works because just hours after this uh, Tinder deal went online, the web page crashed due to the number of hits. So people are. Oh, yeah, they're trying to get in on this. this I don't blame him, dude. I'm glad I signed up first. Dude, he's pretty sexy if you look at the picture. He's got great glutes. Okay, so he is ripped. I was concerned he was just... I I was concerned he was catfishing us, like, with his profile picture, and he really had a dad bod because he's 41 now, but he used his body when he was, like, 28. No, I think he could still take... When uh, he was still taking care of himself. He looks like he's still a British 30. Because think about how hard it is to take care of yourself. I mean, you're this guy, Sudan, and you're the only one of your kind now... Like, why do you even care anymore? Like, why do you even take care of yourself? You're the only one. Why do you even care anymore? Well, like, why, why does he even, like, you're the only one. You're like, okay, why do I need to stay fit? I'm surprised he didn't just let himself go out of really yeah, just depression. True. I mean, think about depression. He's I got, guess he just takes his depression out in the gym. Gym, the grass, the mud, rolling around, getting weird with it. That's what he does, dude. So now we're looking to get him. Well, get, his, get his sperm. Send the sperm over to these two female rhinos. Let them go to town. We want more white rhinos, baby. Hashtag rhino threesome, baby. Do it for the rhinos. Do it for the rhinos. Damn, that was a good story, Walchick. Was that one okay? I loved that. Were those all right? Was that enough? Man. Bad? What do you think? 
So when does this Sexy. air? When when does this air? Like when can we watch this I'll thing go down? I'll put in some inquiries. Maybe we can like do a live show. Is it going to be soft, or do you think this is going to be pretty hard? Insemination. I think it's going to be. It's going to like, start like a, hard. More of a Lorno, or you start saying? Hard and soft. You saying let's do a live show from the insemination is got to be a top five quote on the show all time. <laughs> Pull it, baby. Not out though. Not all the way out. No, he needs to pull, stay it in there. He needs to sploosh. That was weird. <laughs> yes, it was. No Split Seats podcast. That was Let's Get Weird with Wolchark, our weekly segment. Wolchark. 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 Here on the you show. You put an R in there. Wolchark. No, I didn't. You did. No, I didn't. Learn to say your own name. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. Wolchark. All right, here we go, boys. This is going to get Babs Chubb rock hard. Uh-oh. <laughs> time for a little quickie? I think it's time for a little bit of quick puck. Just a good old-fashioned quick puck? Quick puck. Quick puck. Flying V! Woo! Flying V! So this is a nosebleed seats quickie that we're calling the quick puck, a.k.a. the flying V. We Everybody loves a good quick puck. Who doesn't love a good quick puck? The Stanley Cup playoffs have entered the conference final rounds we've got the reigning stanley cup champion pittsburgh penguins and the auto senators in the east and the anaheim ducks who finally were able to fight off that game seven curse and advance to take on the upstart nashville so predators so is this where we just basically come in like once maybe twice a year when there's important hockey news yes. and we just go we're quick we're in we're off we're out exactly so bab i know you are our local stanley cup playoff expert how in the world did we get to this final four and what are these teams looking like? Who's advancing to the cup finals when it's all said and done? Uh, two very sexy game sevens on Wednesday night. Mm. Uh, Pittsburgh beat Washington two to nothing on the road, which is very Washington of Washington to rally. Oh, yeah. To rally for shut up, Chiafalo. That is to, sexy, Bab. To rally from three to one down to force a game seven only to get shut out on your home ice against Ooh. the Penguins for the third straight year. As uh, Alex Ovechkin is the Chris Paul of the NHL, he's still never been to a conference final, even though he has like three finishes as the top Shots team in the fired. league. Yeah, so uh, Pittsburgh heads back to the conference final again. The other game was Edmonton and Anaheim. Edmund or Anaheim breaks a streak of five consecutive Game Seven losses uh, to advance. They won that game Woo! Uh, two to, to one. And the Ducks are uh, the Ducks are back in the conference final for the first time since uh, 2000. 13, I believe. Wow. Hell yeah, yo, man. Woo! In a couple years. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, the Ducks are back. So it's a very bizarre uh, conference final because you have a sixth seed in Ottawa and an eighth seed in Nashville who are both in this thing. And uh, by the way, those conference finals start tonight. Uh, with uh, Nashville and Anaheim. What's your sexy meter right now for the conference finals? Give it to me. Uh, Nashville is going to manhandle Anaheim Woo! four games to one. The eighth-seeded Predators are going to the Stanley Cup final. But what's your sexy meter for the conference finals? Ten out of ten. I was hoping for a 6.9, You think the oh. Pens are going back in the East? I, I think it'll be tough. I, I'm, I'm going Pens in seven. I think it's going to be a Pens and Preds Cup final, and I'm going to say Predators in seven there. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but that was pretty sweet. Other news, local news, the Dallas Stars finally ah, got yes. the coveted goaltender they've been waiting for, Ben Bishop. F.U. Kari Lettman. Paul Bottles for Ben, baby. And <laughs> Antini Emmy. 
because Dallas finally has a goalie. Six-year contract, Six 29.5 year. mil. Yep, not too bad. It's about $4.9 million a year or so, which is uh, decent enough. It's about the same that uh, Kari's been making these past few years, and the difference is Bishop has much better numbers than Kari historically. Uh, so the goalie of the future is here. Uh, he's been in this area before. He played junior A hockey with the Texas Tornado up in Frisco. He actually graduated from Frisco High School. He only spent one there, one year there his senior year. So it's kind of a homecoming for uh, Mr. Bishop. Stanley Cup goaltender two years ago in Tampa. Yep. Uh, lost that series to Chicago, but it was Chicago. So, you know, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, so Dallas finally has their goalie. Thank God. Yes, it's, it's been about a time. horrible last couple of years. You got to uh, talk to Ben Bishop a little bit on a conference call. A little you bit, that a audio? little bit. Yes, no, I don't have the audio. Okay, I went fine. searching for it; it was missing. That's but, okay. uh, but yeah, I did get to talk to him, quote unquote. It was on conference call with like thirty other reporters. Bad, so bad. He, he's not going to remember who I am at all. But I did ask him a couple questions about hockey. It was cool. Did he? Did he mention the fact that you have a really, really incredibly sexy voice? Uh, no, he didn't say that. In fact, he sounded like the thing he wanted to do was get the hell off that okay. conference. Call. So he didn't say it but he definitely thought it okay yeah yeah we'll go with that did you like ask him if he wanted to come on nosebleed seats at all uh and potentially join us on the show i felt like if i did tom holy would never give me a press pass again so uh okay, i I, unfort- I unfortunately refrained yeah okay that's all right that's cool because cool. because we'd be more than happy to have him either come on nosebleed seats or even join us for a show come yeah. where on nosebleed seats dude Wait, I mean, come on say again man. say again Walchuk. come where You say come? Where? Here. There we are. Well, that, that, All right, cool. That was, so that's, that our, that's cool. our quick hockey. That that's some, our quick uh, puck, baby. That's some quick puck, baby. Can I get the Flying V one more time, Bab? Flying V! Flying V! What, yeah. what the bleep is a flying V? Dude, have you never seen the Mighty Ducks? I'm just picturing like a, a sky full of flying vaginas. Dude, have you never <laughs> seen the Mighty Ducks? I'm loving it, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that to go that that way. Just a bunch of flying V's, man. Oh my goodness! Have you never seen the Mighty Ducks? Have you seen any of the Mighty Ducks movies? They're all awful. Is it a football they're movie? They're all awesome. They're no, is it a football they're, movie. And they're so bad, they're good. They're some of the best childhood Mike, sports. Movies Mike Madonna. Mike Madonna is in the first one. Yeah, Mikey Dono. Mikey D. Yeah. You've never seen them? No. Dude, you're missing. No, I'm kidding. Actually, honestly, like, honestly, I think I have seen them years ago. Maybe I don't. I quack, like you say them, quack, and I really only quack. think I've seen one of them. There's three. Okay, I think I've probably only seen one of them. The Flying V did not ring any bells, so that's why I was thinking of a sky full of you know what's. Well, the Flying V makes an appearance in all three, but essentially it's like ducks flying a V together, so they all meet behind the net. Dude, listen, I'm I'm they get in a V. I'm in favor of the V. I want you to know that. V it down the I'm ice, not hating baby. on the V. Passing the puck backwards, somebody ends up within the back end while the front guys go and clear the way. Just check the crap so it's a group, out of the opposing It's a group team. effort it's on the V. It's a team effort, baby. It's a V for life. Yeah, I just want you to. I just don't want you to take me wrong here because I'm a huge You've fan of the V. You've pissed me off a little yeah. bit. No, I, I'm not. I'm a little freaking butthurt. I'm not a V hater. Anti mighty duck liking right now. I'm not a V hater. Jesus, Chia follow. Oh man. We have Sorry, freaking Walchuk, man. Bro, Get I yourself bet your together. Friends have seen the Mighty Ducks, and I hope they rag on you right now. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. It's knuckle puck time. Cool. All right. Butter, 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 butter.
Yeah, you deserve the double butt hurt for that one. Walchuk. That was a little quick puck there for you here on Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, and uh, Zach Babb. I got to say, that felt good. Quick hockey talk. Sometimes you just need that. Just a quick puck. We're going to wrap the show with a little bit of entertainment like we've done now the last two weeks. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy last week. The first one? We all have. Cool story, bro. The second one, baby. The oh. sequel. Volume Mother Freaking 2. Yeah? V2? V2. Was it great? Was it great? Was it phenomenal? Here's the question. Was it great? Good. Good? It was good. Okay. Okay. It was not great. Was the first one great? The first one was great. Okay, so this is just... The uh, second one is good. A notch under. The second one, not as good as the first one. I I didn't know and, and expect it to be. But overall, it's still a good time. If you enjoy these characters, it's a ton of backstory about these characters baby Groot's adorable you learn a lot more about star lord you get a little bit more about gamora and her sister in that relationship you hear a little bit about drax and his wife tiny bit rocket they have some some mojo going with him some backstory but zoe sadana she's green she's green she's hot sexy the person who steals the whole show though who? Do you remember Yondu from the first one? The character Yondu. I Yon don't. He was the blue guy with the whistle that was like a magic pen that would fly around and just freaking as soon as he whistled, like he would go and oh, kill people. Oh, yes. I, like, I, remember, I do remember that, but yeah. I don't remember the character. He was a blue guy, and he pretty much, he was like the head of the Ravengers that captured Peter Quill, which is Chris Pratt, Star-Lord's character. Sounds great. He steals the show in this movie. It essentially ends up being all about him. It's a tearjerker at the end. What? It's a little long. Sad? It's got great humor. It's emotional. emotional. It's emotional at the end. It gets you. Okay, yeah. did you cry? I did not cry. But you teared up. I teared up a little bit. Okay. I did. All right, so it's a little bit of a tearjerker. It's yeah. funny, though. I assume there's some comic oh, relief really spread funny. throughout really it. Funny. The whole script, it's hilarious. Uh, tons of comic relief. Drags a little bit at times. But overall, it's an enjoyable film. Some the good action. Cool. Oh, the action's great. The special effects, it looks gorgeous. What about the soundtrack? The soundtrack is sick. Is now, this a little taste of the soundtrack right this now? This is a little taste of it right now, mm. playing underneath it. This oh, is that just kind of like their main theme. Mm. Guardians Inferno, baby. Yeah, the, the aftertaste on that's actually really nice. Now, this one doesn't really have a whole lot of connection with the Avengers films. I think I read on the trivia. goes it, down smoothly. It actually takes place prior to Age of Ultron, even. So oh, yeah. there's no real big teases for the next Avengers films. Sure. But it gives you a lot more... On the Guardians of the Galaxy. Leaves some meat on the bone. So there's going to be a three, four, five, and six. There's going to be a three. Not three. I don't, not four. I don't think there's going to be a not four. Not five. I think they might stop it at three. Okay. They might stop it at three. You think that's a good idea? Uh, you know what? I'm not. I don't know. I love these characters, but it might be a good idea. You don't want to overextend a good thing. You know what I mean? And then it just become. Bleh. Like Iron Man, the first one's incredible. Classic case the, of overextension. The second one, not so yeah. good. The third one was you meh. pull some, You overextend, you pull something. And stopped. And then it's nagging injuries after that. And we'll see how Guardians of the Galaxy incorporates into the Avengers universe. I, I kind of like now just having Iron Man cameo in the Avengers films and now Spider-Man yeah, Homecoming. I need Bob Downey was, yeah, in my life I as much too, as possible. But I'm, I'm kind of over an Iron Man solo film now. You know, I think we've kind of milked that dry. Yeah. But Guardians of the Galaxy, still cool, still fresh. Still wet. Still hippity. Not dry. But after a third one, we might start to get a little dry. Okay. Possibly. All right, but worth seeing. Definitely everybody should go. Definitely it's recommended in the theaters, or should stars. I wait for Redbox? No, I would see it in theaters. I think it's worth seeing in the theaters. 
Okay. It's a visually popping movie. Well, did you uh was uh did you see any sexy characters that you think could give the running for old Dwayne Johnson and Zach Efron in that movie? I mean, is Chris Pratt and is there another sexy guy that you think or could can compete well, on, think, on the sexy uh, level? Batista, who plays Drax, is a former WWE star, also pretty yoked. Yeah, but he's not he's them. not well, attractive why? in that. Because he's got weird makeup on. Yeah, that's pretty much that's that it? pretty much sums it up. Yeah. What about Kurt Russell? You think Kurt Russell's a sexy beast? Um in, in Tango and Cash, if we're talking Tango and Cash times, yeah. Okay, but, but otherwise no? No. Okay. But actually, I mean, wow, now that you now that I say Tango and Cash, I'm like, that's a that's a sexy duo right there. Well, I've got when you got duos. you got Sly Stallone. There you go. And you got Kurt Russell. I mean, Hell. Tango and Cash, I don't know how much sexier it gets, but I'm still all in with Dwayne Johnson. That's pretty sexy. And right Zach there. Efron. That's pretty sexy. Sack Efron. What about uh, Sylvester Stallone and, oh, man, what was the actor's name in Rocky IV, the Soviet, oh, he played Apollo. the Russian. Oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Drago? Drago. Drago. Yes, but I'm, blank, I'm blanking on He's the definitely got the crimson chin. He's got the nice jawline there, so that's a good attribute. I mean, when you really break these guys down and you're looking physically, from the neck down, he's flawless. I mean, he's just, you're looking at 4% body fat, if that, in shape. Tall, lean, but still big and strong. Nice complexion. Solid jawline, but I'm not into the, the rest of his face. So I'm still giving it to Efron. Because Efron, when you break Efron in the rock down, I, I don't see I don't see any... Uh, I don't give him a, gr a bad grade in any area physically. All right, I got some more names. What about opening this weekend... My boy Charlie Hunnam. I teased Charlie Hunnam last yeah, week. Yeah, you mentioned Charlie. Sexiest you man on the planet. A, you didn't give me a, you didn't give me a right, second well, guy. He co-stars with Jude Law in King Ooh. Arthur, Legend of the Sword. King okay. Arthur, Jude Law, another good-looking dude. He's kind of uh, the Sherlock Holmes films. He's a little bit older too. He's got some of that dad older, swag, but he's still older. sexy. Yeah. And he's got the accent. Don't they both have accents? They that both adds. have accents. That's the one thing that you can say about the Rock and Efron that they lack is the accent. These two both have accents. That's where you downgrade them a little bit. And wow. I think Hunnam's the hottest out of any of the guys we're talking about. Hunnam, you can make the case, no question. For sure. You can make the case, no question. But there's also no question that Jude Law is fourth on the list. Yes, agree. So that means minimum Efron and Rock are two and three. Yes, that, agree. That steals the show. You think two and three over one and four? I think so. Okay. Yeah, Got it's just quality. Got I mean, you're looking at the you. quality meat of the draft here. What about Charlie Hunnam, my guy, in a film that not a lot of people saw, and it's honestly not very good? Okay, crappy movie. Crimson Peak, which yeah, came out no last idea. year. But he co-stars with Tom Hiddleston. Not sure who he that got, is. He plays Loki in the Avengers films. Uh, yeah. You're no, blanking on him? I'm, 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 I'm not crazy, but I'm going to Google. Google's my Google, friend right Tom now. Tom Hiddleston. Also if you know Tom Hiddleston, you can British be thinking guy. this to yourself right now. British but. guy. The two of them together. That's not a bad tandem. Well, okay, so he's got the he's got the accent, too. Both of them wow. do, yes. So you're going with... I, I respect where you're going here. You're going overseas. I've got some Americans that I'm going to throw in there, but right now I'm starting overseas, certainly. All right, what is his name? Tom Huddleston? Tom Hiddleston. Hiddle. H-I-D-D-L-E. Yep, here we are. Yes. Tom Hiddleston. Load, load, load. Google. Be my friend. Come on. Be my friend. Oh, have you not seen The Avengers? Um, I, I think I saw the first one, yeah, and all well. I remember is ScarJo and Thor. Okay. We're talking about sexy. Yeah, ScarJo is sexy. But she still doesn't compare to The Rock <laughs> and Zac Efron, all right. for being honest. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at this guy right here, and I'm going to give you a big fat no. Tom Hiddleston, big fat N-O. No. He belongs nowhere on the list of top five. All right. Get him off my screen. Did you see Troy? Yes. Did I see You've Troy? You've got Brad Pitt wow. at his finest. Oh, my God. Peak Pitt. That's Peak Pitt. That is Peak Pitt. 
Oh, he's got the golden locks. Yes. He's chiseled, he's yes. golden, and he's beautiful. And then alongside oh, him, nice. you've got, may have you've got here. Orlando Bloom. Yeah, you have Orlando. And he, you know he's got a hammer. He does. You hear about his freaking banana hammer. You've also got Eric Bana. Oh, Eric Bana, dude. He is a nice little throw in there that you're like, hey, late round guy. We're going to add him in here. Yeah. Compens- you know, compensatory pick. That's some eye candy There's right value there. there. Holy balls, man. Yeah, and you put Brad Pitt with anybody, that's a tough one to beat. Jeez. Okay, so Zach Efron in, in The Rock. And then you got, and then you got, then you got Brad you Pitt in his Pitt prime, his prime, prime yeah. Pitt, and probably Prime Bloom. No, probably Prime Bloom. That was right around the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean days. And yeah. you could even say him alongside Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. A lot yeah. of people are real into Johnny Depp. You're right. I mean, those are sexy. But Johnny Depp in that, I don't know how sexy you think. I mean, if you think he's sexy yeah, I'm as not a pirate, Jack Sparrow. There, no. I mean, you well, that know, makes one not of us for me. Again, that Orlando makes one of Bloom us. and Aragorn. Yeah, Vigo, you, listen, I think I think you're, ma- you're making a strong case here. You're making a strong case with a, a sexy prime pit and a sexy prime bloom, and then you throw in as just a, a throwaway Eric Bana, yeah, who's who's never a throwaway. I got another sexy prime pit. Okay, interview with the vampire. No, never not saw sure. it. Well, I it, care. I have respect for myself dude, and my that time. Movie, that movie is phenomenal. Sure, you should see it. You would enjoy it. Do okay. not dog on. A I've movie never heard of it. So I'm just, I'm just killing it. It's got the word vampire in it. <laughs> oh, and what you was the other word? Jerk. What was the other word? Interview with the vampire. Yeah, just not for me. It's a phenomenal movie. Okay, I'm, I'm excited about it. Who's He's in it? it with Tom Cruise? Pitt and Cruise. Pitt and Cruise. Okay, Pitt and yeah. Cruise, Cruise baby. belongs nowhere on this list. No, no. He's, He's pretty, not sexy th- to me. This is prime Cruise. Yeah, yeah. But we're not talking. I mean, we're talking about again. We're talking about. Zach Efron. Yes. We're talking about okay. Dwayne The Rock All right. Johnson, All right. who gives my Johnson rock hard. All right, I got one for you then. Another Brad Pitt combo. Oh, okay, yeah. And I mean, this guy yeah. is with the sexiest of sexiest. Tyler baby. Durden. He's the OG. Are you on Fight Club? I'm going Pitt on me right now. No, 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 because I'm not. I don't think that Edward Norton's an attractive Overly sexy, guy. Yeah. Okay. I've got a hotter guy than Ed Norton. All right. Let's see who it is. Clooney. Oh, Oceans. Hidden Clooney and Oceans. Damn, and, they got, and yeah. they got a, they got a Matt whole in there plethora too. of dudes there. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a plethora of dudes, but mainly wow. Clooney and Pitt. That yeah, Clooney and Pitt. Uh, that, you, uh, yeah, that is tough to beat, man. But then when you get into it, like, in terms of, like, in, in the actual movie, like, they got their, their shirts off a lot in Baywatch. You know they got their shirts off a lot in Troy. Yeah. And, and I, I still think Prime Pitt is Troy. So, so Pitt cancels himself out in that one because he's so much sexier in Troy than he is in oceans okay. and bloom and banna i'll take bloom and banna I'll, I'll make the trade i'll trade you Clooney for bloom and banna and i'll take those three okay so i think i think your best bet is is pit and bloom have you seen the hurt locker no well jeremy renner and anthony mackie who are both avengers now are both in the hurt locker i definitely know who jeremy renner is he's a good looking guy he does not belong on this list uh i'll look at this other guy what was his name anthony mackie anthony mackie he's also in uh, pain and gain with marky mark Oh, okay. And you can Anthony. also look oh, at the Oh, yes, Departed. I know who he is. Yes, I know who he is. He doesn't belong in this okay. list either. There's The Departed. You've got Mark Wahlberg enough. and Leonardo DiCaprio. Ooh. Leo Wahlberg. Yeah. And you've got Damon thrown in there, too. Yeah, that's a nice little threesome there. You can't go wrong. Listen, listen. All these things you brought to me here ben Affleck in and competition. Josh yeah, Harbor, baby. yeah. You're bringing you're bringing up some good names here. Throwing, good competition. And what about the Avengers? Period. You got Chris Evans as Captain America, sexy son of Dang, a bitch. Dang, dude. You got Hemsworth as Thor. Yeah, and he's and got he an definitely accent. belongs on this. And list. then you got Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Yeah. So that's another three's company, man. 
Damn, you, you're coming with some fire right now. I'm I gotta trying. Tell you. I did my digging, baby. All right. Well, I mean, Owen I mean, everybody Wilson can decide for themselves. The but... the wedding oh yeah. Well, you want to add some humor? If sex? you want to add some, yeah. If you're wanting to, if if you're if comedy's your thing, if comedy's what really gets you get your rocks off. What about the Furious franchise? Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Yeah, but I mean, The Rock. I, mean, I would use The muscles. Rock. I would actually use The Rock in that. You in got that The case. Rock in there too. Yeah. You've got Tyrese Gibson. Luda. Yeah, Tyrese, Tyrese and Luda, I don't know that they belong on the sexiest Tyrese list. I mean, we're talking again, model we're talking about that's been rated Okay, as one of the actually actually Tyrese you're actually racist, you're right. No, Ty, Tyrese probably could. Tyrese, is Tyrese could be. But I just think The Rock, Johnson, Pitt and Bloom. Yeah, I mean, no, what are we talking I, about I, I here? We're talking about the sexiest dudes. Right. And and Hemsworth, Hemsworth and Hunnam. I mean, wow, but I still think the duo here when you're talking about it, it's it's The Rock and Efron and it's Pitt and Bloom with a little side bag. Of Eric Bana, some side action. Okay. Just some, you so know, Troy, not all the way with Eric Troy Bana, but gotcha. just a little four, four Mainly because their shirt's off. Yeah, ma- mainly because their shirt's off, yes. And the hair. They got the locks, man. I mean, Pitt, the that's, hair I mean, too, that's, yeah. Prime Pitt is the sexiest thing to ever walk this earth, is yeah, it not? Yeah, it's true. So you you came hard with that. You came strong. And I did. I came hard props and strong. to you for that. I yeah. did. I tried my best. Wow, that that was, okay, so where what's the official? Where do you want to go? I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm cool. Since you have three with yours, since Eric Bann is just that little leftover side piece action, I think we can go Personally, Troy with I the sexiest pick, combo. I'm going Clooney Pit. Wow. For, I, you know, I mean, I, I know that they don't have their shirts off in it. No, but it's also a prime pit. It's, it's like just, I'm getting a sexier pit. Like you get you get pit, but I get sexier pit. I, guess, I win. I guess you get sexier and, pit. And you get, you get Clooney, but I get the double action of Bloom and Banna. Come you on, do. man! You, do. you get the double action of Bloom and Banna. So I mean, I just think I, I think I'm winning that way, and let's still not forget about the 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 reason of this conversation, the 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 topic starter, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Zac Efron. Yes, sir. Yeah, they're pretty. That's a beautiful hot. duo, and they're oiled up all just movie, wait aren't they? The aren't they oiled up all movie? Up all movie. Oh my god! When you see my girl Alexander Daddario out there, and then Aaron Rodgers' new squeeze, who props to you, A Rod. Play CJ. You accurate passer, you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's no Sam Bradford, but. Well, that, that's, uh, that's stuff to think about, huh? We just really showed off how comfortable we are with our sexuality, throwing all those hot man action at you. I've never been more comfortable in oh, my life. rubbing them man titties. I am right now, Walchick. You got the best oh, ones in the man. business, my man. <laughs> I flipped off the recording, like, right before you said that. I'm so uh, mad at myself. You've always got to be on your toes, bad. Uh, you've got to pull them. We want to make a new intro with the best drops around. I'll go back and pull it. That about, cool, man. That about wraps our show for today. I think today. it does. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. We started off with a, a little personal intro. Got to wrap it some, up. Some Connor UFC talk. The Key and Fahey deal. We got weird. QB catalog, baby. Had we get some, some more QB catalog action. action. Oh, Y'all, yeah. that quick puck, man. Quick puck was fun. Dang. And then, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. Good, not great. Still would recommend seeing it. Go support the Guardians. Soundtrack still dope. And then we just gave you a bunch of... Man action. Yeah, dude. Doesn't take get it much out. better than Doesn't that. Go check those that. movies out. They're all good. Hell Especially yeah. that uh, vampire interview, man. That was must-see. <laughs> interview with the vampire. Go check. Seriously, Eric. You know what? We're going to have to enlighten you on some flick action. And I'm only two episodes away from being done with Death Note. Oh, can't wait for the synopsis. Oh, yeah. Death Note's some good stuff. It's gravy, baby. Thank you for listening to No Split Seeds Podcast. I'm Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo, the great Zach Babb. Hit us up on our social medias. E- what is it? At Nosebleed Pod on Twitter, NBS Podcast on Instagram, and uh, Nosebleed Seats Podcast on Facebook. Is that there right? Is. Yep, Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Boom. Shout Hit out us to the up. Diamond Holler. Broker. 
sponsor of yeah, the show. Yeah, Bob from the Diamonds. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate Love you, it, Bob. brother. No split seats out. Hugs and pan pounds, everybody. We'll see you next show. Come poise. He's always been a daddy. <laughs> <laughs>